episode three. Here we go. Uh, Badass Records. Um, and are you a Calvin and Hobbes fan? I am. Oh, okay. I like Calvin and Hobbes. So do I have it? Is it Elwin M. Grimes Jr.? Yes. All right. Um, it makes me think of, uh, there, was a, there was a strip where, uh, you know, he's always dipping into other characters and he's spaceman spiff and stupendous man and all these yeah. costs there's a couple where he's like a private eye okay and he puts on like the the wide brim hat and so so he's in this <laughs> this one frame and i don't remember what he's saying in the beginning but he's he's being a smart ass and uh, you get to like frame three and his mom is like eat your dinner <laughs> and and it, it pans out and he's got the hat like tilted down and he's leaning back in his chair with his feet up on the table and he goes she was a pushy dame but she had a case <laughs> so when i when i look at Elwin m grimes jr i'm like is there is there a private eye after yeah, that <laughs> on that glad that frosted glass yeah door. exactly <laughs> it's like have you smoked like 14 packs of cigarettes in here today and did you sleep here last night um so um Dad is obviously Elwin M. Grimes or Elwin M. Grimes Senior. Yes. Okay. He was. Was. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. that's right. I. What's today? Tuesday. Uh, I was standing on my little side porch. Um, Sunday did like six hours of yard work and about killed myself. Yeah. Um, and I saw a cardinal come oh. fluttering. Just. Oh, did you see my? facebook story that one day or? i mean i feel like i've seen it once yeah. um if not more um but i had never heard that before um i saw you post it and i mean i, I guess i'm a sucker for the cheesy but it is the sweetest sentiment and i, I love every now every time i'm like I wonder how one's doing man it was look that that whole day had been just a real crazy day. Something had happened in the news. This is a couple of years back, right? Um, I want to say it was maybe a year or so ago. Okay. Um, and something had happened in the news, right? Uh, I, um, it wasn't the George Floyd thing, but it was something similar to that. And so I think I had reached out to a couple other friends. I was like, hey, how are you doing in the wake of this news? And... I was still trying to process it myself, and then I was kind of feeling all these emotions, wishing my dad was around so I could discuss this kind of stuff with him. And, um, you know, I, I remember I was welling up. I was sitting in my car at lunch. Uh, do I you, start, do start, you leave and come back, or do you eat? Yeah, like, okay. well, uh, even if I don't leave to go somewhere, I will – drive so i'm not looking directly at, at the my, building, at the building. <laughs> i mean Fuck as silly as it sounds right no, no. seriously i just i'm you gotta like, check I, out i gotta get away yeah like, for a little bit um but i was so i was sitting in the car and i i'm welling up thinking about you know my friends and you know my dad wanting to talk to him and this cardinal lands on my windshield I think I had my wipers going maybe and it lands on the wiper. It seems like a strange place to perch yeah. with your Yeah, it was just the most surreal thing and I absolutely lost it. Like I'm bawling like a baby. 
I call my mom and I can barely get the words out. Man. And she's my mom. <laughs> my mom panics. Where is she? She's here in okay, Kansas City. Okay. She lives. She lives uh, down by the plaza. Okay. Um, and I'm like hyperventilating. Oh and I'm boy, like, mom. I, 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 and I'm trying to tell her. I'm just trying to tell her. And it was really just one of the most, just craziest things that's ever wow. ha- ever happened to me. Um, how long has he been gone? Uh, let's see. It's been about nine years. Okay. Um, and w- w- they were still together when he yeah. pa- and were they close like good you know yeah uh, yeah they 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 were always like this weird like parental unit right like it was just elwin and colette cool it wasn't Both ever, of them cool names yeah it was it wasn't ever like you know my dad was doing his thing and my mom it was like they moved in unison okay and they were a good balance like my mom is like go 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 and my dad was like that until he was away from work okay and then he was just like you need to reel it in a little bit. Calm down. Chill. So he like chilled a little bit himself post retirement? Um well no, he never he oh. never retired. Oh. He worked he worked as long as he could until he got so sick that oh. he just couldn't work anymore. Oh, okay. Okay. Um I don't remember what all went on. He so he he ended up dying of pancreatic cancer. Um yeah, and it was you know it was kind of a long protracted thing. He ended up at uh, is it MD Anderson that's down in Houston? Okay. I think is one of the you know big cancer centers in, in the in the country. Um, so he ended up down there, um, you know, for the very last part of his life. Um, but up until that point, he was the head of obstetrics and gynecology. At Nan, I won't remember the name of the hospital in Dallas, Fort Worth, but it was, but that's where he was. Okay, um, they were living there. Yeah, they okay. were living there. Okay, um, yeah. So that's uh, you know the last part of his life. He was. They were in Texas. Okay, so, yeah. but now she's. But now she's moved back. Okay, she, she didn't like Texas to begin with. Sure. Um, so as soon as she could, right? She came back to Kansas city. Um, where did they meet? Ooh. Um, I want to say that they met in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Wow. It's yeah. A mouthful. Yeah. It's a lot of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was originally from, and I, I might be wrong, but I know Pascagoula is in there early in their, okay. in their meeting and relationship. Um, my dad was fit, probably finishing up some sort of residency or, you know, fellowship or something like that. Um, and my mom, I think, maybe was a physician's assistant okay. at the time, and that's how they met. All right. Yeah. And so um, I, and I, I want to, I'm pretty sure it was Pascagoula, Mississippi. Okay. Wow. He's from Mississippi All originally. Right. And her she grew up She was born in Florida, but was raised uh mostly in Boston, Massachusetts. Okay. So I don't I have no idea. I don't think I've ever asked her, how'd you end up from Boston back right. to Mississippi? Because that's you know, that that's worlds apart. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean the whole spectrum, Texas, Florida, Mississippi, Boston oh, yeah, is they, covering a lot of ground. Yeah, Kansas they, City. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So siblings for you? I do. I've got one younger sister. Okay. She's four years younger. 
She lives in Washington, D.C. Okay. Uh, Anacostia, to okay. be exact. Um, and she's married and has a five-year-old. Okay. Five or six-year-old. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you are you Mark's age? Are you 48? I am 51. You're 50. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll be 52 in August. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Creeping up there. So... Um, so you were in your early mid forties when he passed. Uh, let's see. So yeah, yeah, Nate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he met all your kids. He did. Okay. He did. Knew your wife, obviously. Yeah, I knew my wife. Cool. Absolutely loved her. Um, there, Joel Pete from McCoy's, uh, curly blonde hair, like small linen glasses. Yeah. Bartender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. When I started there in 2000, it had been just, I think, a minute since his mom had gotten sick and uh-huh. passed away. And um, my dad died in 2002. And uh, he, Sorry. no, he, he um, in the alley, was like, cliche as it sounds, time heals all wounds mm-hmm. and it, you know that that sort of thing and so this june will be 20 years and i have um <clears throat> for some time uh felt such a distance from my grief mm-hmm. um that i like not all the time but i i kind of frequently feel guilty about it i yeah. mean uh i i did uh, maybe all these things kind of just work their selves out but i mean for a while i was uh like you know feeling victimy about you know not having him there for mm. my wedding to yeah. you know to meet well, i mean he already knew actually the family of the the gal that i married and uh and all that stuff and and that that was hard but then when kids came along yeah um i was just like man you know so i i was sort of stuck in those two things for a long time and so much time has passed that it's like, I mean, of course I still miss him and there are things that I would love to reach out about. I would, you know, love for my kids to have more than just what I tell them yeah. and the occasional picture. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but man, it's, uh, it's a wild thing. It is. It uh, is. There, and it, you know, uh, it, for me, like, it, I think there's a lot of things that, if you're, if your dad's still around and you have a good relationship and and all that kind of stuff, there's a lot of things that I at least took for granted. Sure. Absolutely. Um, it just, you know, uh, because you always think there's going to be more time. Well, it's, yeah. And it's not even just like, um, more time and hanging out and making good memories, but just little things like my car is making a funny noise Mm -hmm. or like, um, I, I, I'm, I can't get, the thing that I need to get done at the DMV or, you know, I'm lost, you know, pre GPS. Um, yeah. Yeah. So many things where I'm just like, man, it's, you know, I mean, moms are great, yeah, but you know, they kind of, they each have typically their own kind of things that you would lean on them for, go to them for. But, um, so we're, you said your younger is a, is a, is a sister. Yes. Were you guys both born here? Um, no, I was born in Kansas City, um, 
she we're both adopted. Okay. And we don't have the same parents. Oh. Um, so I was born here in Kansas City, uh, St. Luke's, okay. I believe. Um and then she was born in Oklahoma City, okay. I believe. Yeah, okay. Oklahoma City. Um and adopted she was she may have been a little bit older when she was adopted. I think she was like a year old. Okay. And, and you were like eight was, months or yeah, something. Yeah, I was even younger, maybe. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, it was um, crazy. Man. Uh so is there like a first uh home here that <laughs> like where your memories kind of kick you online and the uh no, I mean I know that we lit our first home here was on the Paseo. Okay. But I was still like in a high chair kind of thing and and I don't remember it. Now um I could probably drive you by it and point it out, but I I think that's just because you've been shown. Well, I've been shown yeah. numerous yeah. times, right? Um and so we moved from Kansas City because we were only here for maybe a couple of years. Okay. Then we moved to Boston. Oh wow. Yeah. And my dad did a fellowship at Harvard Med. Wow. And then when he was done with that, he did his residency in Nashville. Okay. So we moved to Nashville. Um I think the hospital was called Hubbard. I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, the mind is an amazing thing. It really is. And he had gone to med school in, in uh, Nashville as well, Meharry Medical School. Um, and then, so then by the time I was in third grade, we were back in Kansas. Okay. So it was kind of like boom, boom. Okay. And then back. Um, music in the home back then. Oh, yeah. All, yeah. The, all like, who is the shepherd of? Oh, my dad. Okay. Really, I mean, he loved Herbie Hancock, mm. Herb Alpert. Okay, um, is that Earth? T one a brass band? Yeah, Herb Alpert. Lo- yeah, he okay. loved all. He loves all sorts of stuff. Santana, nice. Um, Stevie Wonder. Okay, so he always and you remember um, eight tracks. Uh, uh, the uh, my after my folks split, my dad got he had back to uh, back conversion vans okay um, yeah, okay yeah. with like i mean swivel captain's oh, nice. bed tape stained glass and eight tracks and, and eight tracks, he right. had you know a little set of case with a <laughs> yeah. 12 or whatever and uh mostly stuff that wasn't my cup of tea like, yeah a sure. lot, lot of john denver uh-huh. i mean it's like uh, all right i mean we got <laughs> but there was also um uh the, Mupp- the first Muppet movie soundtrack, yeah, yeah. and then there was a Sesame Street one. But yeah, eight tracks was. I, lo- I love them. My dad, and so he would have uh, like the Commodores, and I okay. still remember the Commodores one was on like this bright orange. Nice eight track tape. Lionel Richie's first. Who was in the Commodores? Commodores uh, was that Lionel Richie? Like somebody, somebody I, of I, that I, ilk. Yeah. Uh yeah, because he wasn't in Earth, Wind, and Fire, so it had to have been the okay. Commodores. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And you remember the? I remember it being bright orange and just stuck in the you know yeah. And, and so my earliest memories of music were that, um, and he always had some kind of music going. Sure. I loved it. Nice. And yeah, it was it was great. 
Um, I was just talking to somebody the other day about uh, uh, Saturday, no, Friday night. A friend had a little get together and we were talking music and this one dude in particular was just griping pretty heavily about the way that it is presented to us and the way that we consume it today being digital and streaming and how you don't, you lose out on, you know, a a colorful memory or the opportunity to read liner notes. And it's like, yeah, I get it because it really helps you sort of cement a relationship mm-hmm. with an album yeah. but also like all the information is readily available from your phone or whatever yeah. and you're not you, you're bound to like carrying around a room moving you know if you move like your whole maybe like your whole room is of, yeah, yeah exactly so i mean i don't know do you what's your streaming go to um so i'm on spotify okay and I mean, I absolutely love it. I love being able to cultivate my own list and, you know, mix my mix my stuff up. Whereas, you know, and I do miss the nostalgia. Like I used to love going to Streetside and Peaches yep. and, and flipping through the record yep. bins. And, you know, but now if you want to make a mixtape, that's going to take you, you know, if you're doing tape to tape or record to tape, that's taking you days yeah. to do, yeah. right? Then yeah, with Spotify, you're just like Bing, ah, boom, 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 add the list. Add so, you're, the list. so you're paying for Spotify. Yeah. How long have you been on the Spotify bandwagon? Ooh, um, it's probably been four years, okay. maybe. Okay. What were you doing previous? I think I had an iPod. Okay. Yeah. And so I was paying, paying by the song. But, yeah. You know. Yeah. Wild makes you wonder like i mean you you would you would think from eight track to uh let me get that yeah go ahead you're good i forgot forgot about that um if you think about the journey from eight track to streaming today or it's so wildly different that you might think well it can't it can't change too much from what it is but who knows i mean Yeah. Crazy. Think about where it's come from because, you know, I mean, uh, think about a a phonograph and then you go, you know, you've got eight track and then, you know, cassette tapes, Mm -hmm. MP3 players. Yep. Yeah. Who knows what's next? Yeah. Um, Okay. So the, the gist of this thing is to, you know, pick your, number one yeah but you know uh as i mentioned in the first episode you know that that was kind of just an idea to get it off the ground okay um and and you know i've got uh uh one other dude who he he could only get it down to five and i was like okay and then he sent me like four alternates as if (laughs) one of those five were gonna be like yeah, non-existent or something right. anymore. Like you were gonna poo-poo that list, right? Like you right. Can't use those. It's like, no, man, this is your stuff. <laughs> like, it's that's how this goes. Um, but you, oh, okay. Before we get ahead of ourselves, yeah. Um, so eight tracks. Yeah. Um, you're are you are you mobile or is there eight track action at home too or both? Both. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then was the eight track collection 
was was he always in charge or did other people get turns or yeah i mean my mom always liked uh like she was a little bit more into like some of the motown stuff so cool. she liked you know the old, the supremes and she loved diana ross mm-hmm. um to the point where i like ended up just hating diana ross at, at one point in my life um and then as you know as we got a little bit older it was she loved whitney houston cool. and uh, I'm trying to think of some of the uh, some of the other artists she likes, but did you do you remember um, your first acquisition on your own? What was it, and what was the format? Yeah, I remember <laughs> my dad had given me uh, the record player that he had in college in medical school, and it was this huge black case that had the speakers built like the speakers would fold out. Cool, and then the record player I. I want to say it would flip down, but it, it was massive. It uh-huh. looked like a small console TV. Okay. And <clears throat> so he gave me that, and he, you know, he'd let me play his records on that. And then finally, and I can't remember how old I was, maybe 12, I think. And I did some chores, maybe, and got enough money to buy my own record. And the first record, which was a, a was it 33 is the big one, right? 33 and 45s smaller. With the donut. With the little yeah. donut in the middle. So it was and you a, would have to have the, the thing to put on the... On the little spindle. Yeah, it was like a yeah. rectangular kind of obelisk-shaped uh-huh. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was a 33 and it was Asia. Okay. Um, and I want to say Heat of the Moment was their big song. Yeah, I think you're right. And yeah, and I I don't remember why it stood out to me, but that was the first record I bought with my own money. Okay. Um and so when I got that home and I put it on my record player and I turned it up as loud as I could, my dad was like, "What are you listening to on my record player?" and cuz you know, Excuse me, my record <laughs> I player. I was like, "You gave this yeah. to me, man." What are you? Yeah. He was like, not, not for that, I didn't. <laughs> um, so you bought a 45. No, this was a 33. No, this the, okay, yeah, full, this was right, the full right, right. 33. Okay. And I think that may have been the only song that I even liked sure. off that whole album. Yeah. What a, I don't like, remember anything else off of there. Really weird when you think about an artist like that that had a track like that. And then if you ever do dive into the whole album, you're like, man, how did you have the confidence that you had to take these all into the studio and lay them down when they're just garbage. (laughs) Not not good stuff. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So 12. I think. Sure. Sure. So that would have been 82, 83, something like that. Um, And how long were you buying vinyl? Oh, you know, I kind of moved with – Whatever the new thing was, because as soon as my friends were bringing cassettes, I moved to cassette. Okay. Um, I only remember buying maybe a handful of records, and okay. my friends were like, "Now do this instead." Did Did your dad ever convert from eight track to vinyl, or no, not no. really? Okay. Yeah, he was a vinyl guy. Yeah, he, he had he had a pretty pretty good sized library so so he did have a bunch of vinyl yeah okay yeah yeah and is it is his collection around somewhere i've got i've got a few of them okay. we sold a bunch when uh-huh. he passed away uh there was some stuff that i was just like nah 
And then there was some stuff where I was like, I can't let anybody else have that. You know, like some Grover Washington Jr., which I oh. don't really listen to a lot of. Right. But I'm like, no, this was this is one of my pop favorites, man. Is was he a, a blue note? Artist? Uh you know what? He may have been. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. There's so, I mean, I know if I had to take a guess, I I don't even know how small of a fraction, you know, uh, a one hundredth. I have some awareness of a very small amount of like the really good. There was a period where Blue Note mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. And it was like if they put out an, an artist's album, it was baller. Yeah. And there, I would love, I'm, it's probably, you could probably find out, but I mean, I would love to just like, spend some time kind of pouring over yeah, what they, yeah, how much, who, you know, yeah. for how long did they fall off? Yeah. What, what, when was their heyday? But like, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of like the, the OG of, of labels. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when, you, you know, when we're younger and buying stuff, it's like Atlantic and all the big names yeah. are the ones kind of putting out. Yeah. The, um, but then you get into rap and hip hop and every, you know, uh, Ruthless and what, what was Masterpiece? Uh, uh, no Limit. No Records, Limit. Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Death, Tommy Boy had Digital Underground. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had De La Soul for De, a long De time La too. Soul. What is going on with that? I don't know. We man. were told November. I know, and I am still. I'm like, I keep checking. I mean, anytime anything De La Soul pops up, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is it. And then it's like, nah, yeah, right? we don't have any news for you. Yeah. I'm just like, come yeah, on. Yeah, not only is it me. not it, but we don't have any news, so you're just gonna yeah. have to keep checking. Yeah. Anyway, uh, just I there's I I would if somebody has not like taken it on themselves to like put together a project and admire and and educate about the blue note yeah. archives yeah. like i mean it's so good that i would consider you know yeah there's got to be some just absolute gold yeah in there. um so you're you were smart and you were as things were becoming obsolete you were with the times yeah. and not i was moving yeah was, you know but when i think when you know when you're a kid I think you, you're just going to move with whatever your friends are kind of doing. Yeah. And so, I mean, that was my big, that was my big push. I remember I bought Asia, right? And then I bought uh, Raising Hell, Run DMC. Okay. And I bought Madonna's Like a Virgin. Wow. On, on vinyl, yeah. I think. Um, and I may have done that more for the cover art than the actual music. Or the title. Or I mean, I remember yeah. being like, did she title this record to to like say that she is as if you know a, a pure person yeah. that's never yeah. like okay? Well, I, I mean, so but that all comes around at the same time where you're like having all sorts of awakenings, right? You're yeah, like, you're like, oh, girls are infinitely more interesting now, and here's a a, a girl on a cover of an album in lingerie. Yeah, I kind of like this, yeah. so I'm gonna check. You know, I'm gonna buy this and check it out. Yeah. Um, Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> Something. She was, uh, I mean, obviously Michael Jackson, but yeah. like Michael Jackson got so big that he, it's, it's almost like he, you know, you had to like move him to a, an external hard drive just yeah. to take up. And so then, you know, she's kind of left 
and she was like mm-hmm. the big thing. Yeah, absolutely. For, and she just kept cranking out just music, going and going and going. And she kept reinventing herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it went from like the bubblegum pop, which I mean, kind of stayed with her f- for a lot of it, but then it got like dance hall stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it was yeah. And I that was one thing that I really did like about her was that she just kind of evolved as a musician, yeah, or a singer. Um, so you're um, you're evolving as as new mm-hmm. media, new format. Mm-hmm. Um, did you uh, where'd you go to school to college? Um, so I graduated from Shawnee Mission South. Okay. Um, Raiders. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. The Raiders. Um, and then I went to KU my freshman year. Okay. And I had a little too much fun. Mm-hmm. So Pops was like, well, I'm not paying for you to go and just party your ass off. So why don't you come home for a little bit <laughs> and get this sorted out? Uh, so then I went to Johnson County Community College for uh, for a little bit and then finally ended up down in Tallahassee, Florida okay. at, uh, at Florida A&M University. Okay. Yeah. How was so that? It was... So when I got there, I think within a week, I was like, eh, this isn't my thing. I want to go home. I want to go. My dad was like, no, just stick it out. Maybe homesick or yeah, I was real hadn't homesick. found your groove yet or hadn't. I mean, it was, it was, it was a whole myriad of things. Like it was, it was complete culture shock. Right. So I grew up in Johnson County, Kansas. Right. And I want to say if my graduating class was 500 kids. I was maybe one of five black kids. Dude, East. Yeah. Uh, 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we had 413 yeah. in my class. I mean, I five across the whole school. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's, so, but I had, you know, you get, I got accustomed to it, right? And so I was just one of the kids. Right. And. Like, oh, so I got down to Florida and M, historically black college okay. university. Okay. And Is, are there any big athlete names that come to mind that are alums? Or? Oh yeah, I mean, there's a few, but they would have been like even before our time. Okay. Like, okay. Uh, you know, back in the day, a, a lot of NFL players would come from historically black college and universities. Right. Yeah. Um. So I and I know that uh, when I got down there, the head football coach had played defensive back for the Bengals. Okay, maybe even during their like late '80s Super Bowl. Run. Sure, Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I can't remember. I can't remember the guy's name. Man, uh, I know that like language uh, across, if not at least our adulthood, like language has really just. Like it's hard to keep up with things, yeah. um, and th- you know. So, like one of my pet peeves is if you're, um, I don't know, maybe you're in a doctor's office and you, you got something going on there, for the most part, speaking to you in language that you can understand, and right. even if there's a few terms that are, you know above your knowledge level you can still kind of you kind of know what they're talking about but there's people in professions like that that i i feel like they can very easily slip into a kind of conversation with 
a colleague when they're talking to mm-hmm. a patient, so they're throwing acronyms at you and you're like, I don't know what yeah. these things are <laughs> that you're saying. Anyway, the point is, um, I feel like, uh, like we went to bed one night and woke up in the morning and HBCU mm-hmm. was just an acronym. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like one of those things like, what are they taught? And then I, you know, you Google it. It's like, yeah. oh, well, I knew of that, especially with, you know, uh, everything that went into the formation of the AFC mm-hmm. and the NFL. It was yeah. like, I think, I think the Chiefs, but also probably a lot of the, some of the teams that were coming on at the same time, uh-huh. they were, you know, they were hitting up those schools. Oh, yeah, a bunch, absolutely. But they didn't. I don't even if they ever said you know historically black college and university in a in an article or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that those words were capitalized. Probably not. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so you're so you're there and you're yeah. kind of like not so sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm going through complete culture shock. I don't really know anybody. I have one friend at Florida State, and that was because he got a track scholarship down there. Okay. So he he be, ends up becoming my roommate. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So and, did you did you arrive with any credits from Lawrence or No. Not this no, fresh, fresh start. So you're in in a dorm. Uh, no. Okay. I, so the president of the university ends up he had been a friend of my parents. Oh, cool. And so that's how I even knew about got it. Down there okay. and knew about it. Um and I, I think maybe he had kind of tweaked a little bit of the admissions thing. He's like, you know, like a this kid needs a second chance kind of thing. What's wrong? You don't like my 1.8? <laughs> <laughs> Sir. I'm, br- uh, I'm bringing five credits yeah, with me. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> get me in here. Get me in here. And uh, so I get down there, and I don't know anybody except for my, my buddy from high school. And it's just culture shock. Okay, is he? Are things okay at least between the two of you? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're good buddies. We, cool. Uh, we used to, you know, we would hang out when we were in high school. We would hang out, and I got down there, and so I met his track teammates. Okay. Albeit at Florida State, and so now I'm feeling. Which a, is a what's the dif- distance? Oh, I don't know. There's the campuses are probably separated by. I don't know, five miles. Oh, okay. Easy yeah. peasy. Yeah. All right. Florida. I mean, Tallahassee isn't huge. Okay. Um, and so I'm, you know, in his world a little bit. And then my dad had a friend. Actually, he was the best man at my dad's wedding. Okay. He's got two kids my age. Um, one's, I think, a year older and one is the same age. Okay. And so he introduces me to that family, and they ended up being becoming really good friends nice. of mine and still are to this day. Um, and so that kind of started my whole transition because by the end of that first semester that I was there, I was like, no, I, I do like it here. Right. Yeah. So what were, um, what were some of the key pieces of culture shock that were, like, really resonating or weighing on you? I mean, what was um, – so, well, I mean, just campus life in general, right? And I mean, you know, I'm walking around Shawnee Mission South and I'm walking around KU and black faces are very few and far between. Mm-hmm. But it just kind of became my reality. And so I didn't think much about it. So then I get down to Florida A&M and I'm walking around campus and it's white faces that are very few and far between, if 
at that point, at that time, maybe not at all. And so I'm like, this is like, I don't understand how to process it because I hadn't ever had to. Right. Um, and so it took me a while to adjust. Okay. And maybe even, dare I say, feel comfortable. Right. Um, Where, do you feel like most of the f- new people that you were meeting, most of the new relationships you're developing are generally speaking are people cool to you and yeah cool yeah you know nobody's like dickish or like no not at singling all singling you out or no, anything. okay not at all it, and it's you know it's like come to this party with me and meet these people they're cool and i get there and i i have a good time um you know and it's because hanging out with my friends from south and ku it's let's go to the bar let's drink let's you know party this kind of I go down to Florida A&M and it's like, let's go to the club. Let's dance. Let's hang out. Let's, you know, it's, I didn't even pack my dancing shoes. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this isn't anything. I go to Johnny's and I, right. I pound beers. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I get some wings. And right. Call it, gets, it a night. And that's it. No, 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 no. We're going to the moon, which was the club. To okay. Go to, and you dance until you, you're like dripping with sweat. I, yeah. And you're just and and if you're gonna meet a lady, hopefully you got to change a shirt in the yeah, car. Yeah, something. And it, you know, here it's like put on your jeans and your hoodie, and you and you're you're at the bar. Yeah, there. No. So, do do you think that uh, your your dad had any like uh, foresight? Did he know that maybe that was going to be an experience, or did you guys go visit the campus, or? No. Okay. No, I didn't visit previous. Okay. Like my parents came down when I moved down, and I think my they hung out for maybe three or four days. Um, you know, we took the campus tour, sure. um, hung out with the people that they knew, um, and that kind of stuff. Okay. But I maybe. I mean, my dad was a pretty smart guy, and he was probably like, well, "I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let him yeah, find his way figure through." It out. Okay, but this that's kind of cool. This is probably something that you need, and you don't even know that you need it. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um. So. You finished down there in. I did not. I okay. never finished. Okay. Yeah. Well, you not finished. You were no longer going at what time? What, what year? So I think I ninety uh, five. Okay. I think I got down there in ninety one. Okay. And was in classes and you know working a little bit and kind of hanging out and still still having trouble finding my way you know sure um didn't finish and it got to be about 95 and i'm like i i'm that's, gonna go back that's home. enough i'm gonna go back home okay yeah um so did you um arrive to tallahassee with uh a, a music listening device of some kind and then upgrade before you left or i let's see what did i have when i went down um i may have had like a miniature, like, well, like a, a big boom box. Sure. But I think it had like a three CD changer. On oh, top. wow. Okay. Yeah. It was like one it of those old pre- Iowas or something. Yeah. It was a yeah. pretty sizable okay. Okay. contraption. And I think it had a three CD changer or a, or one of the 
three CD disc changer thing mm-hmm. that you slide in there. I mm-hmm. can't remember which one it was. Um, and then a big old rack of like maybe like 60 CDs that I took with me. And I think I'd left the rest at home um, and took that down there with okay. me too. Yeah. Uh, I, I got, I think I'm almost positive Christmas eighth grade. I got, and I still have it. It's a, just a little dual cassette Panasonic. Oh, uh, and yeah. that was it for like, that was all I had. Mm-hmm. I moved back to KC in 2000 and, uh, I, I don't, I, some credit card company was foolish enough to <laughs> mail me a piece of plastic. And I went to Radio Shack uh-huh. on 63rd and Troost, I think is okay. where it was all right. and bought, uh, a home stereo system yeah. with two speakers yeah. Uh, turntable, mm-hmm. dual cassette, mm-hmm. five disc changer, yeah. receiver. Man, I got goosebumps thinking yeah. about getting just getting it home and unloaded, yeah. and then putting it together, and then just yeah. you know, yeah. oh, I was like, I think I'm an adult now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I'm not good at paying bills on time. <laughs> I'm late to work often, as Mark could fondly uh-huh. recall. But I was like, this is it. I've now. I don't know what yeah. else is missing. I have. Yeah. Because I had something similar to that, I think, one Christmas. And I don't know if it was a Sony. It wouldn't have been Yamaha because I think Yamaha was too much of a premium brand sure, at that sure. point. I think Sony had something that was a little bit more my dad's, here, start with this. And so it was the f- like four or five component thing with the the speaker and the big case and all that kind of stuff. And that thing was, that thing was awesome. Yeah. yeah. I just, I mean... Uh, when I bought this, I, I came back, I was seeing this girl, um, we got a place together. It didn't work. She moved out mm-hmm. I, after a year or so. And so I'm there by myself. And, and now, I mean, there were opportunities when she lived there, you know, if she wasn't home or whatever, but I could literally just crank yeah. it. And any corner of the house that I went to was, uh-huh. it was like I was in the same room <laughs> and it was, it's really weird to me that like, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't have anything now. I have, I have a tiny little Bose a Bluetooth uh-huh. in my uh, bedroom. Yeah, uh, that I will turn on if I want to listen to something in the shower. Mm-hmm. And it, it used to sit on my kitchen counter until yeah. I got a Sonos. Okay. Um, and I mean, I, I've always had grandiose visions of like you know, hardwiring ceiling speakers across my whole house and having a control panel where I'm like in the living room, we're listening to smooth jazz and, you know, in the basement we got some whatever. Uh, but this Sonos, like, uh, it, it serves, I I don't host a lot. I don't have parties really, but, um, it serves every purpose I have. Like I, I took it out in the yard with me when sure. I saw the Cardinal and set it on a stool and I mean, barely turned it up cause it'll, it's super loud. Yeah. But the, the fact that we used to need to have these big things yeah. to give us the sound <laughs> and now they're so small and Dude. just, just yeah. as powerful. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, post whether you're in outside of your folks place but mm-hmm. whether you're in college or or you've come back when you come back do you get your own place or you yeah okay yeah um any album purchases that you know you're you're living you're on your own on your own you're yeah. in the adult world and 
anything stand out? Yeah. So I, I moved back, um, and I'm living down by Westport, okay. 40, 41st and Warwick. Okay. And it's, you know, not a great apartment, but I, I love it, right? It's my own space. Mm-hmm. And I think I still have that same little three disc okay. changer. Yeah. Um, and it's, I've got a, like a wall, it's like a built-in wall, uh, shelf, yeah. shelf system. And it, it fits perfectly nice. right up there. And I can, I take the speakers and I run the wires back behind, put the speakers up a little bit higher than the system. And yeah. And so, and street side that's right there on yeah. the corner. Yeah. I don't know if that's Pennsylvania or I, I don't know. What, right. What, what, yeah. What. And, uh, I'm in there just Every weekend. You could probably walk. Yeah. I it was walking distance. Yeah. And I'm in there every weekend just going through record oh bands. God. And they had all their jazz I want to say it was downstairs. Uh yeah, I think like you're right. Jazz I think and you're blues right. and stuff was all downstairs. That was when a place like that had an inventory so extensive yeah. that they needed like this is the living room and this is the kitchen. This yeah. is our second bathroom, but mm-hmm. but it's genres. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And your own experiences of like flipping through and then seeing other people or like, you know, maybe, maybe a pretty girl. Yeah. And I wonder what she's yeah. into, you know? She, yeah. There's a whole thing. And like, they're, and they're, they're playing their music. Right? Yeah. They've like, got the what whole is that? Yeah. yeah. What is this? What are you guys listening Burn, to? Bur- probably burning some cool incense yeah. and yeah, selling was, tapestries. Oh, it was such a great, and I, I mean, I love that. I love having those memories. Like our kids, no idea no no idea man and it's one of those things that really shaped my love of music like i would i remember going to street side and i was really into one of the people i met down in uh tallahassee and at uh, florida a&m is a really good trump plays a trumpet Mm -hmm. all right and plays a lot of jazz, and he really got me into Miles Davis. Oh wow! And Cannonball Adderley. Oh wow! And yeah, and so, <clears throat> so I get home, and I'm downstairs, and I'm just like, "Yep, I need that. Yep, yep, I need that. Yep, I need that." And I think I go upstairs with a stack of maybe like fifteen albums. Probably in the fifteen bucks a pop yeah, neighborhood. Yeah, and then I I get up there and the guy like rings me up and and I'm like, oh, I got to put some of those. Back. Yeah, so I can't get all these. I can't. I mean, but I was like, you, man, I was. Can super you put excited. a post it with my name on it and keep them back? Because I'm gonna come back. Yeah, can you hold these for a while? And I can't. I can't have you put them back on the shelf because then I'm gonna find yeah, other stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, um, I will. I. Liner notes. I mean, mm-hmm. so this is this is an experience doing doing the shopping. But yeah. then when you're home with and it's yours and you get that plastic off uh-huh. of it, and open it up and the smell. Yeah. Um, there, it, everything was there, and yeah. so uh, you you tabbed three records. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. Nas, it was written. Yeah. Uh, Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Yeah. Pearl Jam, ten. Yeah. Um, now. Uh, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. um, I've just n- like never not, I've never, Nas has never landed in my lap. Yeah. He's just been somebody that I've heard of. Okay. Um, and I'm sure that 
you know, listening to other artists, I've come across tracks that he was sure, featured on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but so, so I, I don't, I use Spotify occasionally, but Apple music is the one that I pay for and mm -hmm. use the most. So, um, I get in, and this is why it, it's, it's unfortunate, um, that we, that we don't have the way that it used to be anymore yeah. because the way, because a lot of times, um, if you come across an artist or a song and then you, you look it up and you figure out what studio album it was on, mm -hmm. uh, on your device, on your digital device, um, almost everything has got like, um, a deluxe version yeah, or a version that the original record had 11 tracks and mm -hmm. this one's got 22. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's the, the music is there for you to access, but it's not quite the same. Yeah, absolutely. So on Apple music, uh, when I when I got your list and plugged in, it was written. Uh, it's it's copyrighted as 2021, and I'm like, oh. Ellen had like, a year ago, like one of the most amazing records dropped, and uh -huh. it's, he's, he's he's including it, and in. I was like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, and then I, I I I saw it somewhere else, and it said 2014. And I, this mm -hmm. the place I go with it is. Um, uh, I've always really enjoyed if I if I come across uh, a book, um, and you know whether it's random or somebody recommends it or whatever. If I start reading it and yeah. I'm like digging it pretty quick, yeah. I love flipping back to that first page or two where it tells you the year it was published. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times you kind of gotta sift through some things because it's been republished and reprinted mm -hmm. and they're yeah. constantly. You're like, oh, originally this yeah. was 1976 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, so I start listening and I've, I'm like, all right, 2014 makes a little more sense. Right. Sure. Uh, and, uh, first of all, the, the intro track. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like there's a lot of like, uh, I don't know a better way to say it than like white guy shame. Like just <laughs> there's a whole, you know, there's like this sort of this setting of oppression and yeah. sort of this breaking free yeah. and you know f this and f yeah. you and f yeah. that and you kind of get out Give of that and it's my like, freedom and, yeah, yeah it's like whoa man that was heavy but yeah. then it, it bleeds into track two mm -hmm. uh which has got the riff um from all eyes on me Tupac. okay yeah and i'm like what how yeah yeah so i'm like this something's not right, right. here. so i so i look even further and i'm like this record came out in 1996 yes which I'm pretty sure is the same year I all eyes on me came out. So you have, uh, what's this gal's name? Um, Linda Clifford. Okay. Never going to stop. Okay. is the track that they both sampled for their song. Oh. The uh -huh. that yeah. is, is I think, and I'm like, how crazy that these two dudes same and and same. and made like i mean that's a really good track yeah. uh and obviously the tupac one is too but it's like what a trip 1996 yeah. two dudes same yeah. same sample mm -hmm. anyway um really good record oh good um, i'm glad yeah. you enjoyed it um so that second track sweet dreams um mm -hmm. yeah same year um watched him N words yeah. uh, with Foxy Brown. Oh, that one. That's yeah, oh my that's god, it's so dope. Yeah. Um, take it in blood. Really perfect chill vibe. Yeah. Shootouts. Mm -hmm. 
I was like, there's there's a lot of bangers on this, and yeah. it's surely because because I think if there were fifteen tracks listed, uh, I think the last maybe the last two or three, the very last one for sure, I think were like that deluxe version add on. Okay, yeah. But I was like, we there, I think we've we've gotten far enough through this record that we've probably heard all the bangers. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Lauren Hill. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. If I ruled the world, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm like, holy, so, so, you know, how did you, how did Nas land in your lap? Oh man. Um, let's see, 96. So I would have been back here Okay. and maybe I just stumbled upon it. Wow. I think, and because, uh, his first album was critically acclaimed and he's got Illmatic he's got a lot of them yeah I think Illmatic was his debut album and I think in a lot of circles it's regarded as one of the better rap albums of all time and so I think maybe I went to go look for that album okay and it wasn't available or sold out or something like that and so I was like well let me just check out it was written. Sure. You remember that like back shopping yeah. you'd come across. Yeah. Now this was CD. Right. But I mean, sometimes you would come across like the, the import mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was like the same as, but it's like 50 bucks. You're yeah. like, what? Yeah. Why? Are we paying the captain that drove the ship? Yeah. Over? You know, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I do remember that though. Really weird. Yeah. There was, cause I, I would come across that at, um, I want to say it was, was it Peaches that was down there at 75th and or it, at yeah. State Line, something like that? Uh, I remember Peaches being at 75th and Metcalf. Okay, maybe and that's then, what I'm thinking of. And then it became Sound Warehouse. Mm-hmm. And then it became uh, a more corporate, uh, I forget the third yeah, iteration of I, it. I can't remember. Whatever the wreck. So maybe it was another street side. That was down there at uh, it would have been State Line and maybe that's a hundred and third. Okay. In Watts, is sure, that yeah, Watts, Watts Mill? Mill, yeah, yeah. So what I remember like seeing that kind of stuff down there, like imports, and I'm like, who's buying this? I don't know anything about imports. Right. So is it is it going to be in Japanese? <laughs> I don't, I don't want. I just want to listen to the regular version. Um, but yeah, so I think I went somewhere and I was looking for Illmatic. Okay. Couldn't find it. It was sold out. I was like, well, let me just try this one. And I got it home, put it on. And like you said, the intro, you're you're just like, I mean, I'm literally getting chills right now thinking about the intro. And um, and then I get into track one and I'm like, okay, all right. This is is good. I like this. Let me turn it up a little bit. And it, like you said, it just keeps going. I know. It keeps going. It so at some going. point I go back and I'm like, I don't like, it seems like uh, from like a, a Dre to Snoop to, you know, once they were around, then then we kind of got like uh, Nate Dogg and Warren G mm-hmm. and a lot of names kind of spilled out from there. Uh, and I'm like, where was he in this fold? And also, um, not only is the work so good, but you can tell that the production quality is really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I go back to the liner notes. I'm like, 
fucking Dr. Dre. Yeah. And DJ Premier and like yeah. four other dudes yeah. produced this record. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. well, that's why it's so <laughs> yeah. badass. Yeah. And uh, I think that, so at, at some point, um, there was like a little a little friction between him and Jay-Z. And I think Jay-Z was kind of coming up right after him. Um, <clears throat> and so I think that that kind of maybe pushed him a little bit harder Interesting. to put out some real good stuff and work with maybe higher end right. producers and right. that kind of stuff. Now that's speculation yeah. on my part because I don't know. I right. don't know inroads to. <laughs> um, so another thing about uh, the, at least the album art that's visible um, on a device. Um, I don't know about you, but like middle school and high school, mm-hmm. Um, I was spending a lot of time in the classroom drawing on my three ring, the cover of my binder or folder or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like I was, you know, there were days that I could draw a good Jayhawk and a a good fighting Irish. And there were days that I just drew absolute garbage. Um, but also, you know, I would do like the the Led Zeppelin symbols or Van Halen, uh, whatever. Yeah. Just, and the way that Nas is written, mm-hmm. I was like, man, yeah. if, if I was, you know, an eighth grader in 1996, yeah. when this came out, I would be plastering <laughs> that. Cause, Cause it's just super cool looking three yeah. letters and he made it look really cool. Yeah. Um, so you didn't find the one you're looking for, but you found right. a good one. Yeah. And then how much did you, or have you since added to your Nas, um, so I think after that, then I was, I was bound and determined to go find Illmatic because I remember seeing or having the discussion or hearing the interview was saying, well, the follow up it was written was not as good as Illmatic. And I'm like, that's crazy. Really? I got to go listen to Illmatic now. So I went and I found it and it was written was to me is a better album. Okay. Um, and then, so I got the next one, and I think it was Stillmatic. Okay, maybe was the next one, or maybe that came a little bit later. There was, and then there was Godson, which was, eh, it was okay. And I think I kind of fell off maybe after the those four albums. It's a weird thing to fall off when you've had kind of an impactful relationship with an artist. Yeah, consume, you know, consuming their stuff. Yeah. Did you ever try to get yourself back in, or? No, not really. I think uh, my, you know, my, I love old school hip hop. Mm-hmm. It is my mm-hmm. favorite genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in '96, what I always consider like the golden age is like 1987 to like 1997, mm-hmm. 98. That's the golden age of hip hop to me. Mm-hmm. And there was so much good stuff that I think I just kind of replaced some of the other albums like okay. you know i was like okay well i mean the notorious big his his album came out in i want to say 97 okay. 98 something like that and you know for a while that was that was all i was listening to but i can't remember the name of that oh ready to die yeah that first album i mean i was like god that's that's kind of his biggest isn't it or yeah, I, I guess maybe uh, most most familiar as an album name. Maybe, yeah, okay. yeah. Because then his next one was, I think, Ready to Die. Uh, no, 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 no. I can't remember. Okay, I don't remember. All right. Well, 
since you brought up the golden age, um, the, and there it's been, I don't know, five or six weeks ago on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was like, um, it must've been one of these desert Island. You can only take one record or something like oh, that. And yeah. we wound up having a little bit of dialogue about mm-hmm. day law versus tribe. Yeah. And I think, think you were leaning tribe uh so what was the argument it was, oh it was it was comparing their disco- discography that's right that's right. right right and it i mean the the premise of the article was that day law was superior or at least equal to tribe okay and uh, at first i bristled at it I was like, wow. and and I love De La Soul. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love De La Soul. And I was like, that that doesn't sound right. Like, Tribe put out some amazing albums, like these jazzy influenced albums, and yeah, and De La kind of had their own kind of thing. And then you kind of go back through and listen, and you're like, okay. Yeah, I'll 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 at least listen to that argument, um, because there might be some merit there. I still think I'm leaning tribe. Tribe. See, if it's if that's what the article is saying, I 100% side with it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because like none of the tribe records really really grabbed me the way mm-hmm. like so and and I said so low in theory. Was yeah. their first, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even know what, what was second. I, was it uh, the People's Instinctive Travels? And... Yeah, beats, rhythms. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like got thirteen words in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that was the second album. So low in theory. Um, I don't know why, but I I kind of maybe it's maybe it's the production, but there's something about the feel or the sound of that record that I like a lot, mm-hmm. but it makes me kind of put them in a camp with diggable planets. Okay. Sure. Who I absolutely love. Yeah. Um, I, th- they, they only put out two records, right? Yeah. Blow out comb, comb and, um, uh, I can't remember the name of like, the second one. It's like a one word or something mm-hmm. like Bustin' or I don't know what, but, um, I re- I really loved everything about both those two records. Yeah. I don't know if I feel like the audio on both those records was recorded at a mistakably like a low level. Uh-huh. And so if you want to crank it, you're still not getting like it, it'd be one of those things where if you had um for me anyway, if you had uh, a diggable CD and in a five disc changer uh-huh. and you're, you're on shuffle, like you'd have to like turn it down Yeah, after yeah, yeah. a diggable song. Cause you cranked it anyway. Uh, I, I, I seemed, I, I feel like I kind of was like, they're, they're kind of, they're kind of similar. I mean, super cool in their own way, mm-hmm. but, um, but I, but I really like what diggable's doing. And at, at the time I, I think, that I expected that they would put out a lot more. Um, and it, and De La, they seem to like just 
like they're the artists we've been missing we've been waiting for and they they just had punch yeah um now i don't um i don't love everything three feet high and rising um for me stakes is high is always yeah. gonna be the Great best album um you know uh de la soul is dead yeah i, I didn't think it had it was, a few okay. that were pretty good but um, the overall album was yeah, yeah. And then Balloon Mind State uh-huh. was okay. Again, yeah, um, a couple. But I just, you know, and I'm, I'm sure they're, I'm leaving out a record or two, but it felt like that one-two punch of uh, low, no, uh, uh, stake, Stakes is High and Three Feet High and Rising. Mm-hmm. Those two together, like I just didn't, and I, I, I probably should do another trip down the Tribe discography, but I just, yeah. I couldn't find you know, a, a twosome of records like uh-huh. that, that could, that could go yeah. punch for punch. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, and I almost hate to have the argument. Right. 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 Yeah. Because, it's silly. Because both album, well, I mean, all four of those albums, let's just say, that, you know, the, the two versus two mean so much to me in, in terms of like just my love of music and like my journey through finding different, you know, artists and songs and those types of things that, and so I remember, um, my girlfriend at the time was, she was pretty into De La Soul. Like I discovered three feet high and rising, um, when I was a freshman at KU was she introduced me to, um, what was the next one? De La Soul is Dead? Or, no, no Stakes is High. Stakes is High. Was, Stakes is yeah. High. She introduced me to Stakes is High. Okay. And I was like, okay. Because it, it was kind of a change for them, too, from De La Soul, from uh, Three Feet High. Mm-hmm. In like, what sense? Uh, I think they're, they're, it's, I felt like their sound changed a little bit. Right, and it was a more polished. I was album. crisper, cleaner, yeah, pol- yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, so, I it was just I enjoyed it, and then I was like, okay, this is doesn't sound the same. And I, I and you it. you didn't like the more polished. I initially no. Okay, well then that that would be for me. That would be why you would lean tribe. Yeah, I mean, but so. Then you get, and um, I don't think, I mean, Q-Tip obviously went and did, I don't even know how many other things, but 2000, 2001 hits, Mm -hmm. and uh, De La puts out AOI, Yeah, and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, this is so freaking good. See, and I'm Um, not terribly familiar with that. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, And they've got a lot of, um, I I don't know if if Dre's chronic is uh, who who should get the hat tip or the origin credits for uh, the interludes, Uh funny little in between. Yeah. Um, But there's a a lot of those on that record and and there's one, a recurring theme of this guy named... uh, Reverend Do Good, <laughs> and he just he keeps showing up, uh, and it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but when that came out, it was announced that this is a three parter. 
Okay. Um, and they they put out. Uh, I don't know. I'm brand new to. Me. I don't know how to turn that off. Um, but they put out part two. Yeah. Uh, which I think was called Bionics. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the first one. The, the love. Wait. The love movement. Who was that? That was. Uh, that was Q-tip. So that was cute. Okay. So the first AOI. I feel. I have a memory of it being white, and then AOI Bionics is like this. It's a. It's like a dark blue or a black, and there's like an image of one of them kind of sitting in this like simulation kind of thing yeah. with all these, and it was really good. Yeah. And I was like. I can't wait for part three. And, yeah, and yeah. That was, you know, twenty years ago. Yeah. Like we've never gotten part three. Okay. And the discog. Do you even know? Like, it's obviously a litigation situation. But what do you know? What the? It's got to be about money. Eh? Yeah, I think it's about money, and it, it, it sounds like Tommy Boy, for whatever reasons, like I think has something to do with their masters, right? Uh, Tommy Boy won't relinquish their masters which means they still have control over how they get distributed. And they weren't, I think Dela was like, I mean, whatever contract they signed in the beginning was not Dela friendly, Dela friendly in the least bit. And it for however, I mean, maybe they signed over their, you know, masters forever. And which is a weird thing because now you have people selling their masters. Like yeah. Bob Dylan sold all of his masters. Yeah. And I mean, I, he's old as dirt and right. not going to be around. And who knows what, who in his lineage would yeah, we, inherit. And so I, I don't know, sell it now and then you can have whatever money I got. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. The how Beatles, it, didn't how the Beatles works. do it too? Well, some didn't. I thought at some point Michael Jackson bought, bought the rights. Bought the some, rights. Somebody else recently, though, sold all their masters. Oh, I can't remember who. Well, and I, I mean, even like the most recent one that I remember was uh, the quarterback for Seattle, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson buying his wife Sierra, mm-hmm. buying her masters from whatever. Oh, because she's an artist. Yeah, because okay. she's an artist. Um, Buying all of her masters. He, so, he's kind of an odd duck, it seems. He's, yeah, he's, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> be one of those deals where uh, I'm not sure exactly what his situation is right now, but it would be so weird to see him put on a, another jersey. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And play for somebody else. Yeah. And it's a possibility. I, yeah. Is he a free agent at the end of I, next season? I think so. Yeah really weird yeah on that subject uh you mentioned vegas yeah uh have you have you been i have not been yet okay i i'd like to go um i don't know when i'll be able to go right so Um, so are you still um uh of the mentality that attending nfl games is safe and okay to do or with TVs safe what, in terms of what I don't know, man. Like, uh, you just I, I feel like I mean, there's so many things that we could point to just over these last two years yeah. where every morning or every day or whatever you Some open your phone, new and bullshit. I and I'm like, who are these people? Like, so when this football season started, mm-hmm. I feel like the first four weeks, maybe three, but for sure, uh, there was you know huge brawls whether it's yeah. two people or six people whatever caught yeah. on video yeah and these people are beating the shit out of yeah. each other and i'm like 
didn't all 78,000 of you purchase a ticket to attend this game to have fun? Yeah. And what happened? You had too many pops in the parking lot and... Something. And you haven't been... It's almost like you've been... De- I, I Like, because we haven't been together for two years, right? Everybody's been, you know, stay home, mm-hmm. go to work, go home, whatever the case may be. You're not used to dealing with other people. And so it's just like, now you're letting everybody back into the stadium. Oh, yeah, have some beer. And you, I, I don't know how to act around you. Come on. I just, I mean, I took, I took my like, kids to... Hell? Uh, we've gone to one game and it was, um, probably 2018. Um, and it was, uh, like this kind of weather, like, uh, it's not hot anymore Mm -hmm. early enough in the season. It's not chilly. And we were playing the Cardinals Mm -hmm. and I was able to nab like, I don't know, seventh or eighth row in one of the end zones. Okay. And I was like. But my, my kids are tiny. I mean, not, yeah. they're, they're little. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, we, we try to get down to St. Louis for one Blues game a year. And okay. there's been one of those times coming up out of the, you know, up the stairs from where we were seated. Mm-hmm. Um, while the game's going on, not a lot of traffic in the concourse. But the game had ended and we're, we're – we've, we've exited the stairwell and now we're going to cross and hit the bathroom or make mm-hmm. our way out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've got both and we step across and I like had to dodge somebody and I turn around and like for one and a half seconds, my boy is not oh, visible. Yeah. So I've got, I'm going into Arrowhead thinking like just, I don't even want to have that yeah. happen, but you know, hopefully that there's no shenanigans. There ended up being like super nice people all around us. Yeah. And it was, it was wonderful. Yeah. But I feel like, like all the cylinders were firing and all the graces mm-hmm. kind of rained down mm-hmm. on me and it could have not been, Yeah, you know, absolutely. and I know if you go the higher up you go, the, probably the greater the chances, but it's, it's like, man, I just, I can have all the drinks and snacks that I want on my couch yeah, uh, yeah, in front of absolutely. a nice TV. Yep. Uh, the bathroom's right there. There's yep. no line. Yeah. Uh, it's really not costing me anything You're to not, do that. Not paying seven, eight, nine, ten dollars for a hot dog. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, anyway, uh, it's very much you know on my mind now. Like, yeah. is going to an NFL game, and and you know. Uh, if you were to go, I mean, if you go here, do you do you rock the silver and black? Yeah, okay. I have in the in the past. Now it's been, golly, was my daughter even born last time I went to a Raiders game? I think she was. I think maybe she was four. My wife got uh, tickets. Uh, the Raiders were here playing Kansas City, obviously um, Christmas Day. Okay, so that would have been maybe two thousand. I want to say I can't remember. See, like, Christmas Day, you would you would hope that there's like a little bit of joy sprinkled yeah, into the cosmos, yeah. and people aren't going to fight because yeah. it's freaking Christmas, yeah. and also be an adult and know how to act in public. Yeah, well, I mean, but so you would you you're interested in going? Yeah, I do want to go. I do want to go and just see. I never went out to a game in Oakland. I never went to a game in L.A. Okay, um, uh, but Vegas is kind of. It's a different animal, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, now, will you okay? Say 
you, you wake up tomorrow and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to. And so will, uh, the calendar, your calendar kind of dictate the game you choose or will you intentionally choose a particular opponent? Um, I don't know. It, well, I don't know. Okay. I mean, it would, I don't think it would matter to me. Right. Yeah. To the truth. I'd just be like, maybe I would, I would, you know, my first choice would be like, Hey, you know, the, the Houston Texans aren't very good. Right. <laughs> maybe I'll go to that if game. I'm, if I'm going to shell out for the tickets and get on a plane, yeah. I better be walking yeah. out with a W. Yeah, I want to see you. I want to see him win. Right. So, that, I mean, that might weigh in, but you know, if it's, you know, down to like two or three games and it's, you know, whomever. Right. So what did you make of all the Gruden stuff? First of all, the hiring and the big 10 year, hundred million dollar. Yeah. Did he get like, uh, one of the, was it a GM head coach? Did he have draft? Yep. He, uh, he had the whole, he had the whole thing. Okay. So when that happened, were you like, I think he can, Take yeah, us to the promised I w- land. I was hopeful. Right. I was real hopeful in the beginning. And I do like Gruden. Dude, he was so freaking good in the truck on Monday Night Football yeah. when he would do the, not the truck. I mean, he's good in the booth, but he they would always do those little, like he had some kind of RV uh-huh. and he would have the quarterback on. Oh, yeah. And you just, everything about Gruden's him. QB camp or something, something like that. Yeah. Everything about him is like, I feel like this guy spends 18 hours a day watching tapes and pouring and studying football. and yeah. i love yeah. that yeah um so you know, for like so he's in he's in the booth and you know not for very long and then yeah. it's like one season ends and there's rumors mm-hmm. and he squashes them and then a yeah. couple more years and then rumors and then and then all of a sudden boom there's there he is so yeah. you're hopeful yeah so when he came on board i was like i mean because i'm not a big recycle guy for coaches, right? I'm like, okay, you had dude. Somebody just hired Lovey Smith. I I'm like, saw that. which no disrespect and to Lovey, like right? But I've and I felt this way for years because you know um, the, the Chiefs have done it with Vermeil, and mm-hmm. I mean Andy's kind of a, an anomaly. But uh, every time I see somebody like that, I'm like, where's the fresh crop? Yeah, where are the fr- the new yeah. freshmen that weren't on campus last year yeah. that have got like those minds. You know, mm-hmm. X's and O's, and they, they wake, sleep, breathe, eat yeah. football. There's got to be. Somebody that's been on somebody's staff for seven, eight, nine, ten years, you know, and they've come up, they've been the quarterback coach, they've been the assistant OC, they've been the OC, now they're, you know, you know, and how come that guy's not getting a shot? And mm-hmm. you've had this head coach that's got a 500 record or, you know, just below 500 record. For your past four seasons, yeah, too. you just mentioned the Texans. Uh, what, what was um, I want to say? Brian, not their most recent coach, but the coach before that. Um, Oof. Anyway, uh, he 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 wasn't horrible. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he was the guy that took him, took them to the playoffs when the Chiefs finally broke their twenty. Four year playoff win drought, yeah. and it was a you know a thirty nothing blowout yeah. of a game, but then he kind of disappears, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you know the season ends and the teams that have fired their coaches are, you know they're doing the interview and he's I'm like, 
he was like a good OC at Nebraska or something. Uh And they, somebody took a leap on him in Houston, whatever his, I don't remember his, his track record, but like, what did you see out of his tenure that you're going to put him in charge of your multi-billion dollar? Really? Yeah. There's no like, okay. So in the sense that, so you're hopeful. And then when all this stuff happens with him, what, what did you think? Yeah, what was it? The, the emails yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I mean, I, I think I immediately knew because of the where we are in like culture right now, yep. right? Like I, I liken it to a pendulum and we are, I think, way out on one end of political correctness. Yeah. And in some ways I see it's it's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we can't just, I don't keep denigrating people and, 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 you know, making them be like a subclass or uh, all that kind of stuff. And they need to have a voice who met whoever it is, but it is way out there. And it's, it's like one of those amusement park rides where it, you know, when yeah. it gets all the way up and you're upside down yeah. and you're like, and you're okay, just hanging there for a little, can bit. we swing back? Uh, yeah. Like, I feel like it's been sitting there, sitting for, a there minute. for a minute. Yeah. And so I, I don't remember. I know. I, I feel like there were a couple of waves of news about all the emails, like one or two came out. Did yeah. he say, did he say some racial slurs? Yeah. I think he, he, he said something about one of his black players and it said like he's got lips like the Michelin man, maybe. Okay. Something like that. And then there was something else. Well, I, can't I, th- I feel like there was another wave, like a whole bunch of other things came out where he had said, you know, but I mean, they weren't I like, maybe he'd said something about maybe some female executives. Okay. Okay. And so, but they weren't, I don't feel like any of the things that they uncovered were like, the previous week or the previous season, I think they went back a good ways. Oh, maybe a little, a little bit. Yeah, anyway, maybe the point being, um, if you know, if this is where the pendulum is and the, um, like, I don't even know, like, why did people start looking into that? Why? And so if somebody or a team of people are like, getting access to servers and looking through sent emails. Mm -hmm. If all of that is happening to uncover this thing about this person, then how come it doesn't work the other way when we're trying to find the new crop of good head coaches? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you can dig and dig and dig, why can't you dig and dig and dig and not recycle six new six coach? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a mystery to me that some of these guys just keep getting passed over and, and, who knows why? Yeah, I you mean, know? I mean, we don't have to look far. I mean, what what's your take on Bienemy? I remember, yeah. So I remember him way back as a running back at, C- at CU. Yeah. yeah, gotten some stuff. Yeah, had a little bit of trouble, and then came. I remember him kind of getting his shot at coaching. I can't. He didn't start in Kansas City, right? No, Maybe. no. Minnesota, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know for sure. And I remember following him um, and 
I didn't know he was like moving up the ranks like that right. until he got to Kansas City. Right, I me was either. Like, I was like, oh, okay. He used to be a buff. Yeah. I, I watched remember, him in the 80s. I remember this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't remember Chris Berman had, uh, what did he call him? Eric Public B Enemy? Yeah. Yeah. Public. <laughs> God, those were, I mean, he had some great. Uh, that was back when the. Uh, what was the name of those? The Grammaticas, the Grammatical <laughs> one, like heard his Taurus knee celebrating. Taurus but he had a lot of good ones, like uh, Michael Como Estac, you said, <laughs> Eric Public Piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Old yeah. Boomer. I remember that. And uh, so, you know, when he was here or, you know, being here in Kansas City, I was trying to kind of keep up with. And then his, you know, his name would start circulating. And then, like, Nope, he's not going to interview for that job. And he was like, oh, okay, well, you know, this job's going to open up. Nope, he's not going to interview for that job or didn't get the opportunity, whatever the case may be. And I'm like, well, maybe there's something. Well, the the other dude that uh, I've done a bunch of the Broncos games with, um, he was like, we were texting, and, and I don't remember. He, he went out and interviewed for the Broncos head coach job you know did? on a Saturday uh-huh. before uh, one of the Chiefs playoff games. Okay. And I was like, I feel like we always wait until you always, the team that employs the candidate is uh-huh. always eliminated Yeah, or they've won the Super Bowl or whatever before you hear about. And yeah. I was like, I think getting on a plane, we have a playoff game. Yeah. Anyway, we were texting and he was like, dude, the dirt is out there on him. Like he is like, you know, known as an asshole and all uh, these other kinds of things. And, yeah. you know, then he sprinkles in whatever happened at CU. I'm like, that was a long, time, a long ago. time ago. Um, but I mean, there are, de- there are plenty of people, um, that without question want to champion that it's, it's a race thing. Yeah. And that's why he's not getting the nod. And yeah. like, at some point, you kind of got to go, well, what's going on over here? Yeah. I don't know. But, but I, I don't think you can come. Well, and I I mean, I'm not going to. I won't say that it is the sole reason, but I mean, I think that maybe it factors in. Yeah. Right? I think that sometimes you've got these guys that they own the team and maybe they feel that you know, behavior from a black head yeah, coach. Yeah, we'll tolerate the white guy's dirty laundry. Yeah, but, maybe a little bit more. Right. Maybe the, the optics are are a little bit worse, bec- you know, if it's if it's a black right. guy that's in charge of, yeah, you know, my team. I mean, which means that you're, in my mind, 100% eliminating the possibility that your huge majority roster being mm-hmm. black mm-hmm. would identify yeah. more with a, with a black head coach or sure. whatever, you know, so yeah. too much of a risk, but you're, you're, you're taking yeah. away a lot of potential opportunity yeah, absolutely. for, you know, maybe it's only uh, four guys out of 53 that, you know, uh, don't like you because yeah. you don't look like they do. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, those guys could be just as important Absolutely. as the, anyway. Sure. So what did they, the, the interim dude is gone, right? Biasacha. Biasacha. And yeah. did they hire He's, somebody? Uh, where did Biasacha go? 
uh, special teams in Green Bay. But did the Raiders hire a head coach? Yeah. Who did they, they hire? McDaniel. Josh McDaniel. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Josh McDaniel. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. I mean, talk about like somebody that's got some questionable things in their closet. Yeah, and not even, I mean, the closet, his coaching record isn't super. No. You know? Well, somebody, we, I was talking about with somebody, um, because he he did he however he performed as the Broncos head coach mm-hmm. and then he went back to New England but yeah. but uh and and was yeah okay you can have your coordinator but then he like backed out at the last minute and went somewhere else maybe and then wound up back in the good graces of the weird franchise that is New England yeah it's like Wow, yeah, what's so like, what what going on? I don't know, man. It's a weird. So animal. I'm not super excited about Josh McDaniel. I'm not, and I, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of off the David Carr that, thing. That, what, that's what, wait, David. David was the Texas. Derek, Derek. Derek sorry. Derek so Carr. I was just gonna say. I mean, like, um, when Gruden came in. Uh, there was at least a a blip on the radar where mm-hmm. the world didn't know if yeah. Gruden was gonna hundred yeah. percent to say he's my guy. Yeah. But then it kind of seemed like he's like no no no. Yeah. And so I mean, you give a guy with that much, you know, like we see in the in the in the bus or the truck and reading mm-hmm. tape and studying mm-hmm. and doing these interviews, and I mean, yeah, it was weird the way that he won that Super Bowl, but um he's still gotta yeah. think that he knows his stuff. Yeah. And if he's and, and it's not like Carr doesn't have very obvious talent. Yeah. But so absolutely. if he's s- stepping up and saying he's my guy, yeah. Then you're yeah. like, all right, well he, he clearly sees something that we don't. Yeah. And I don't I don't watch a ton of Raiders anyway. Right, sure. Um but now, I mean, what year did he Car came in. What is that? What you're gonna yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, or get the get the nod as the starter for oh, Oakland. Yeah, well, I mean, he was. Oh gosh, let's see. This is like 13? 13, 12, somewhere 13. in there. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, and you know, I think what his third season, he had the Raiders on track to go to the playoffs, and or was it second season, second or third season, and then broke his ankle. Right, and then spent the next two to three seasons playing scared. I mean, you could just see that he was not comfortable, but had all this arm talent and, right. you know, it was pretty smart quarterback. Yeah. Then would miss these wide open. Throws. Well, see, you watch a lot more of them than I do, but when I watch him, um, you know, there's, there's never really a thing or a couple of things where I can go. That's why. That's why he's not top five because mm-hmm. he has the arm. Yeah. He seems absolutely. to have the smarts. Yeah. He seems to have a pretty darn good pocket presence. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're, they're never terribly lacking in the receiving core. So yeah. he's got the weapons. Yeah. And for the most part, they usually have a good running game. Yeah. Decent. Decent. So, I mean, who knows? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think last year, the last couple of years anyway, the knock has been that the offensive line has okay. kind of held up there. And okay. then the defense for the Raiders over the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years has just been. Huh. Like, well, 
bottom third. I mean, I am not sure if it still stands, but I think his brother with the Texans set the all-time sack record. Yeah. yeah. And record aside, he would just get lit up yeah. all the time. Yeah. So you would think that Derek has some kind of awareness of that hardwired in. Yeah. And so if you're front office of the Raiders, you would think you would really want to make sure your O-line is. So yeah. just get that off of his. Yeah, just, just at all costs. Yeah. All right, let's start there. Um. So, yeah, man, uh, still no part three AOI, still no discography right. for Daylaw. And at this point, like. I'm starting to give up hope, man. Yeah. I want to um, see him on, on some streaming services. Yeah. I, uh, been, been in this house. Um, t- it'll be 10 years in October. Okay. And, uh, straight down the hall was, uh, the kid's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just had our girl and, and he was actually, he was born in the master here. Okay. Uh, but once, so once he's out of bassinet, then he's, he's in a crib and she's in a toddler bed and this, the room next to theirs was the guest room. Um, well, once they're like out of crib and toddler bed, uh, we got a bunk bed and that became the guest room. And now they share what used to be the guest room. Okay. A couple summers ago, uh, it was, it was finally time. She, she's now 11 and he's mm-hmm. eight time for them to have their own rooms. Sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, went to Home Depot and got all of the stuff and picked yeah. out a color and yeah. da, 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 and wall art. And I was like, I'm going to be spending a lot of time in this room for the next five or six days <laughs> from moving furniture to prep yeah. to paint, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I want to listen. I, 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 at very least, I want to listen to Stakes is High. Yeah. So I got my eighth grade Panasonic dual cassette and took it up there and played it front to back two or three times. And, but it, I mean, my, I'll show you when we're done. I, I mean, I, I, I foolishly did not do what you did when new mediums were coming out. I was like, I'm, I'm too deep into the cassette game. Hundreds and hundreds. And I, there's no way I've been spending money that I didn't have to spend on music for so long. Mm -hmm. I can't start over. Yeah. And I'm, to OCD to be like, well, I can have cassettes and CDs, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I held, and then eventually it was like, all right, now my hand is forced. Cassettes yeah. <laughs> are really, you know, right. going. Can't even away. find them well, anymore. Well, yeah. they've, they're, now they've kind of like popped back up I, I a little bit, a really, little bit. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, the, the cassettes are all in these wooden hundred tape holders mm-hmm. and they're stacked. And, you know, so if I want, and thankfully they're uh alphabetical okay so uh and i've i've finally managed to like write on the side this is a through ci uh-huh. and uh-huh. so i know where it is yeah but it is still a thing to get out a cassette that i don't have the ability to listen to elsewhere uh-huh. and then have you know a quasi portable device yeah. to play it on yeah it's like for for day law i'll do it yeah but i'm not gonna like kick a couple rocks in the process mm-hmm. and be like, I, I would love to just do, you know? Yeah. And also like 
having that be the only way I can listen to it, that I'm extremely limited in sharing it with people that have never listened. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to be at my house in mm-hmm. my room with my thing. Yeah, sure. Um, cause I can't, what am I going to do? Burn a, a cassette and give it to you. <laughs> what do I do with this? Yeah. What am I, what it's am, a paperweight. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so man, I just like fucking figured it yeah. like here. There's gotta be, um, there's gotta be enough money for all interested parties. Yeah to say whether whether Satami so boy gets 65 and mm-hmm. daylog gets third whatever the number is yeah. like that surely translates to enough money yeah. for both sides. i don't know well and that that's the thing that kind of confuses me is because another company went in and actually bought Tommy boy records and that's what kind of kicked this whole thing off because i just happened to find like de la soul i follow them on instagram sure um and they were having a live and so i was like eh, whatever you know just listen to what they have to say and he was like we got big news and we should be on streaming services by such and such time and i'm like oh fuck yeah i can't wait and it's you know waited november goes december January. It's now like we're March. Through, now we're through February. Yeah. And I'm like, what is going on? It's so, like your favorite shows next season. You think it's going to come yeah. out, and then the date comes and goes, and you're like, what? Yeah. I kind of like waiting, waiting. Yeah. So I, I don't know. There's got to be some sort of legality. Yeah. You know, right? That no, we're still not going to give you the rights. I, which I don't. I don't know. I have no idea how it works. I, I just mean, want. I know. Just want to listen. To I know, and I, I feel like I can't. I can't come up with any examples off the top, but I feel like we have been aware on some level of a situation, you know, that was public news that said, um, "God, maybe it was even the Straight Outta Compton movie." Anyway, there's some situation out there where they've been able to say to a court. Uh-huh. When these people signed this thing, they were 19. Yeah. And yeah, of course they didn't read the fine print or sure. give it to a lawyer or whatever. And yeah. yes, they signed it, which binds them to the verbiage in this thing. Mm-hmm. But still yeah. like look at it, look at who they were and how old they were back then yeah. and how it's changed. Yeah. And I mean, it's, art for people to appreciate yeah. and they're not able to yeah. because you guys would You're just holding it hostage basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is, they, they did a thing. Um, I know it worked for my buddy. I, it didn't work for me and I don't know why, but they put out like maybe via email blast a handful of years ago saying, we're going to, um, you know, if you're on this list and you know, look on this date, we're going to send, you know, a, a version or, or the ability for you to have the uh-huh. music. And he was able to like get it all every, every time I tried to like open the message and go to the link and blah, blah, it just, it wouldn't work. It and I was, work, I was yeah. like, this doesn't, I don't understand why this isn't boom, boom, boom. Like everything else, technologically yeah. speaking seems to work really easily. Like why isn't this? And also why does it have to be, how can you, uh, 
distribute via email to a select group of subscribers the mm-hmm. ability to record this, but it can't just be out there. Yeah, for the rest anyway. Yeah, it, I mean it's um it's almost heartbreaking. Right? Yeah, because it's they're they're one of my favorite groups, and I think my a friend of mine oh, a few years ago for my birthday bought me like their greatest hits CD. And I would, you know, I, I think I just, I burned that thing up. I, I don't even know where it wow. is. I think I really literally like just played it so much that I burned right wow. through it. Um, I uh, say what you will about cassettes, but I, I can, I mean, I can almost see where I was and smell the room that I was in um, when I got to the end of side A. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which I don't know if you remember. Um, so, so the final track plays, and then you kind of get like this kind of quiet, jazzy saloon kind of piano sort of thing in okay. the background, and you yeah. can hear like some shuffling. And it turns out like it, it winds up sounding like uh, somebody's interviewing somebody okay. on the streets, and the person they end up interviewing is a good old country white boy. Yeah, and. Uh, he said, he asks him uh, about rap. He's like, I don't any any music. It's, it's just inwards talking. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, And yeah. then side A ends. Uh-huh. And, you know, yeah. The pop, like I, I was, I think I was, I don't, I was, I think it was where I lived in college, and I heard that, and I was like, oh my god, they <laughs> fucking recorded that and put it on, and then it just put the the abruptness of yeah. the cassette tape stopping. Uh-huh. And it's like pops up the play button. Yeah, I I feel dirty now ejecting that tape and touching it like I'm complicit. Yeah. Uh huh. And I, so, but I mean, it's to, to this day, you know, it's like um, this really fascinating uh, concept of I've always believed the way that that whole little intro, outro, whatever you want to call it the way that it sounds, the way that it feels, the way that it was delivered, it felt very genuine. Mm-hmm. Like it was actually a person asking that person. Yeah. And then they said that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know how to feel right now yeah. because it's so frustrating and, and upsetting that he's not the only one in the, right. in the country that the, feels that way or, or, right. Or is it will verbalize and it, it was, it's, it's clear enough unless there was some mastery uh, in in production, it sounds like it was a microphone situation, Uh which means that he wasn't shying away. Now, obviously it's a different time now where everybody's recording everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're a Karen and whatever. But it was like, Oh man, like that guy feels that in his heart. Yeah. And then them saying, this is going on our record. Yeah. Cause the world needs to know. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the the video, the TikTok, and the Karen, all that stuff. Like it's it's got value to a point. Mm-hmm. A- after a while, if you see enough of it, you're like, I don't think I'm gonna leave my house ever yeah, again. Just thank God, Pr- Prime exists. Yeah, I'll drive to the gas, but there's too many ugly people, people out there, out there that I don't want to come across. So for them to put that on that record, I was like, Yeah, and that was what that was. 30 years ago? Dude, years, yeah, 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 years yeah. I mean, early 90s, yeah. mid-90s? Yeah, 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 so what you call it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, early 90s. Wow, uh, but yeah, man, just 
give us our day law. That's all. Yeah, that's all that, we're asking for. I mean, um, seems and, so simple. And here, one last thing about that is, um, um, some somebody from tribe just passed, didn't they? It was a couple of years ago. Okay. Unless unless another member has passed, and it and it, uh, you know, snuck by my radar. Fife dog. Fife dog. Passed. So it's it's it, like sometimes I get them. So we have Q-tip, five Q-tip, dog, five. plug one, and mace. Uh, mace are those? They're they're That's in day law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, Q-tip, five dog, Jerobi, and Ali. Okay. I think are the are the uh, tribe. Yeah. Members, and then you got plug and one, you know obviously uh, sad that that happened, but mm-hmm. I mean, but like. Um, th- the body of work for tribe was kind of cemented. Like you had, you had a beginning and an end point Mm -hmm. and then Q-tip leaves. It's kind of like, yeah, sure. Maybe they do a thing together, but I mean, uh, Q-tip, man, I really thought he was going to just be cranking out stuff. Yeah. And And he's done some collaborations. He's done a few collaborations and then he had, I mean, he had some two really good solo albums. I don't remember. I don't remember the second one. Um, what was it? Was it, was it the love movement? I want to say was, I I thought that was the, that's the only one that I know of. And then, uh, there's one where he, I I can, I'm picturing the, um, the cover art right now where he's like in a, maybe like a silver jacket Okay. and he's kind of standing with his arms raised and his head back. Interesting. And I can't remember. Looking a little Jamiroquai maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. And I can't remember what the name of that album is, but I think it had a couple of pretty good tunes on it. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, for all the, aside from all the other obvious reasons of wanting the De La discography, I mean, like, somebody could no longer be with us from yeah. that outfit by the time this all gets yeah. said and done. And then, like, if it's all about money and money that's, due to them as a unit that's divided into Mm -hmm. all these ways. And then of course they all have family and loved ones. So then that guy, you know, he's out like all this literally cost him everything. Yeah. I mean, so frustrating. Yeah. And I mean, doesn't it just seem like that's such a petty little little thing? It does. But if you, I mean, you can so easily just prop yourself up on the notion that money drives everything yeah. everything yeah, it really does yeah but um so i consume two or three podcasts a week and they're they're very heavily rooted in the stand-up comedy world okay um your mom's house with tom segura i like tom segura okay. i've never listened to the podcast he and his they they're uh gosh 10 plus years in uh-huh. um, him and his wife, Christina Pashitsky, who's okay. also a stand up. Um, really good. Okay. Really good. Um, and they've, you know, sort of spawned like a, a whole network of podcasts. And, um, but he's, so he's got four specials on Netflix, all of which are fantastic in my opinion. Um, one of them has a bit, uh, 
where he talks about how fun it is to holler in your best aggressive black guy voice. <laughs> and if you do it well enough every once in a while, yeah. somebody will holler back. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, it's so fun. You should do it. And he goes, I did it one time to Big Daddy Kane. Yes. I've heard this What's one. What's up, Kane? What's up, Kane? Yeah. And then, he's like, well, like uh, a couple of years, yeah. <laughs> a couple of years ago, uh, they're, they're, that podcast episodes drop on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it was a Wednesday, and I opened my YouTube, and it was like, today's guest is Big Daddy, Daddy Kane. I was like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, and it was really good. He's like really chill. Like, yeah. You know, just low, deep voice uh-huh. and low energy. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, there there was, of course, plenty of discussion about that bit. Uh-huh. Um. So they're talking to him uh, about growing up and music. And he says, um, so, you know, when you're a kid or adolescent or whatever, like, what are your go-tos? And he's and like, without question, he says, Marvin Gaye. And I was yeah. like, get the fuck out of here for real? Okay. So I went, I mean, I, I looked today. I have 19 Marvin Gaye records on my phone uh-huh. because I was like, I got to have them all. If, yeah. You know, and I, and so I had... I don't know, man. Uh, as I was going down my journey of rap and hip hop, uh, there were definitely the occasional artists that um, they were known enough, and mm-hmm. and certain records of theirs were known enough that I, you know, bought them and then right. get you know, give them a listen, give them a couple listens, and they're, they're like they're not sticking with me. They're yeah. I'm, not, I'm like I just don't. So I'll, I'll like give it and like force myself through another listen. And um, Big Daddy Kane and Cool Modi uh, were two of those for me. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like I'm just I'm, there's yeah. something that's not like I really like that I appreciate them, right. but it's just not. So I was like, well, that's fascinating. Like. Big Daddy Kane is a huge Marvin Gaye fan. All right, so I'm going to, maybe this is going to shed some light on why I could never click with this stuff. Not that I disliked it, but it's just not making a playlist, you know. So um, uh, so I have all these Marvin Gaye records, but I've not, I've never, and this is in my own, like, gospel, is Undivided Attention, three straight listens Mm -hmm. not not necessarily but three complete listens okay before you are allowed to have an opinion about a record okay all Um, right that's fair and i've not done that at all with him Mm -hmm. um but what has happened is that he comes on shuffle a lot yeah i have so much of it in my phone yeah i like driving around just shuffle and i don't i don't want i want music Mm -hmm. but i don't want to like think about what I want to listen to. Yeah, sure. And if something comes up that I'm on it, I'll just skip it. Skip it, yeah. And I just, every time a Marvin Gaye track comes up, I'm like, eh, I'm not really feeling it. Yeah. However, okay. um, with what's going on, mm-hmm. um, it, it's so many levels of gorgeous. Yeah. And third, it's 1971, and it's yeah. 39 minutes. And I think it's 10 tracks. Yeah. So you're getting back into that, you know, where like a four minute track was like, whoa, it's yeah, crazy, buddy. And, <laughs> but man, I don't real like I, I, words are going to fail. Uh, but it, it feels like each track is kind of this 
beautiful little vignette into mm-hmm. I don't, the human experience, life. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind. Of, it's kind of on that level of beauty, like the Cardinal. Uh-huh. Like, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know what what growing up was like for him. I don't know what his family life was like. I don't know what was happening for him when he wrote these songs. Right. But fuck, man, he yeah. captured the. I, I mean, it's just like just a human element. Yeah. Right. And like, everything is just like, everything is kind of so soft and like comforting. Like mm-hmm. you, uh, I hate to keep bringing up Facebook, but, uh, I think that, um, with good consistency, I think every year that we officially hit winter, yeah. you're, you're <laughs> the, yeah, ang- man. The, the red angry yeah, emoji, like look, not a fan, I'm right? Not a fan. Um, but there's something about, um, I, I see I'll take it over the heat and yeah. that's just because, uh, sometimes it feels inescapable and okay. I, I really hate the feeling of, um, you know, if I'm, I'm out for work and I'm driving around all day, uh, getting out of my car and you know, my sack is sticking to my thigh yeah. and I'm just like, fuck dude, this is, <laughs> and it's like so much, to even if it's 30 minutes i'm out of place i'm inside come back out you know and let's say the next little bit is 20 minutes or 25 minutes to get it's it's like 19 minutes in before i'm feeling some respite Uh like the 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 temperature of the car is cool then i'm fine i'm not just like miserable and then get home and you're just peeling and just like god damn i get it but but uh i uh, i mean as when it's when it's as brutally cold out as we're used to for a handful of days i always feel like this year um a a couple years ago uh i i decided you know um because my kid's mom is a block behind schools, three blocks that way. Okay. So for the most part, we're walking. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the beginning of our separation, there there was a lot more joint, uh-huh. like walking together. Sure. And eventually I was like, I don't, I don't need to see you that often. Like, I, lo- <laughs> yeah. I love my kids, but let's, let's have days. And yeah. these are your days to walk and pick up. And, and so um, I, you know, well, when we were doing that, I'd see them coming and it's like, you know, 24, 25 mm-hmm. degrees out. Yeah. And my daughter's got a hoodie on and may- maybe my son has a coat that's yeah. unzipped. Nobody's got a hat on. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. So I, I said, all right, here's the thing. Uh, 40 and under coat and zipped mm-hmm. 30, 30 and under stocking cap. Yeah. I don't care how much they want to complain. They just please. Yeah. Um, and so I, I decided, uh, this year I was like, you know what? I feel like if it dips below 20, like long underwear is completely warranted. And I, I did it all. I'm assuming we're out of the winter weeds. Um, but I feel like it makes an amazing amount of difference. And it's, it, it goes along with this, you know, you can always, add layers you right. can always prepare you can only take so much off in the summer uh-huh right. and then and then like uh there's really when it when it's been even if you do that even if you have like 
all right, this is, I'm going to be, I'm going to wear nine layers today because yeah. I'm going to be out in it. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get to that point where I like can't control that I'm shaking yeah. or like, you know, I can't, I don't get full use in my fingers until mm -hmm. I've been back inside for 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, but when it has been one of those days and even if I've been really prepared, there's something to be said for, uh, putting on comfies and getting under a blanket yeah. on the yeah. couch. Now it sucks if you have to like, go pee or answer the door yeah. or something you get out from under that blanket <laughs> but it's all right. you can only you take off so much yeah it, and it just but here so the winter thing for me like i used to love winter like i got sled with my friends yep. and snowball fights and i think it's just as i've gotten uh, to be a grumpy old man <laughs> right that winter is just I mean, oh, when it's like I look outside and the sky is gray and there's no leaves on the trees and my yard is brown and and I'm and there's maybe there's snow or ice or you know and it's you know the wind is whistling and your face is just on fire because it's so cold and my mood just shifts and it's just like this is what my hell would feel like. Mm, yeah. mm. <laughs> I just, I can't do it, man. I hate it. My feet start getting cold. And once your feet are cold, Dude, as you know, like if you go out to a, a game or something like that, yeah. once your feet are cold, you're, you're done. Well, it's a done deal. Uh, this year for the first time, um, we, we, I took the kids sledding twice, both went to suicide hill both times. And, um, we, made plans with a buddy whose kid has kids the same age. And so, so we kind of met there or no, we, we drove, we caravaned. And, uh, the next time was kind of a free for all where there's a text thread and just people, this is what time I can get there. Yeah. What didn't occur to me prior to that first sledding outing was even though, the, even though we've only just the three of us gone every other time, mm -hmm. even though now we're going with another dad and, and his kids, it didn't occur to me until we were on the hill that now all they want to do is sled with their friends. Yeah. So they did. Uh -huh. And it was about 30 minutes in. And I was like, dude, my toes are head. They're, they're close to that point of no return. Yeah. And, uh, it was a work day. So, I mean, I had my phone and, uh, I think I had to, I think I'd take a customer call or send a couple texts or something. Yeah. And I, I, my phone, my gloves were off and my phone were out for just enough time to do da, 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 a couple things. And then I put it back and I put my gloves back on and I was like, I think the only way my fingers recover from this is if I go sit in the car for like 25 minutes mm -hmm. with the car running, running and the heat on your hands up on the heater. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so what I, what I ended up doing was like, taking my fingers out of the glove fingers and just having fists mm -hmm. in the bottom portion of the glove. Yeah. And that like got, that bought me some mental time yeah. Yeah. until my toes got even worse. And I was like, I don't know, you know, and I'm like, so the boys are kind of over here and the girls are over here and we're kind of just going back and forth to keep tabs, make sure everybody's okay. And after a few, you know, it was probably 90 minutes. I was like, I, I think, this has to, my, I'm all, I'm almost done. Yeah, we have to. And everybody's like, oh yeah. And I'm like, you're not, we're all the same age. Nobody else is feeling. <laughs> and then I was like, my, my toes are cooked. I have to leave yeah, like right now. 
Yep. Second time we go out sledding, exact. I took zero runs on both of those sled days combined. Yeah. So I'm just standing at the top of the hill, perfect, appropriately bundled. Yeah. But I'm just in the cold. My blood's not moving. Mm-hmm. I'm not hauling the sled up. Yeah. Getting the blood to my toes. Yeah. And I was like, dude. And then get home, every strip off. You know, blah blah blah. Shower, change your clothes. I mean, like an hour and a half went by. And I could still feel just remnants mm-hmm. in my all ten toes and all ten fingers, yeah. just been like, dude, yeah. this is like, not this is foolish, but like, I, I was like, was I like knocking on Frostbite's door? Right. Like yeah. that is, I don't want. It. <laughs> anyway, the point of it is, uh, there's something about the feel of that Marvin Gaye record that, like, kind of just quaintly captures you know, uh, the feeling of, uh, having long underwear and all the appropriate layers and you step out in just the bitter cold mm-hmm. you're not out there for too long. Yeah. You come back in and you're like, Oh yeah, I was prepared. Yeah. And you know, being cozy under a blanket or, um, you know, like today's weather or Sunday's weather where you're like, wow, if, if this was the weather year round, uh-huh. like it would be borderline paradise yeah like just so beautiful yeah. and, I, and i somehow he he's managed to capture so many of those like where you just go oh, I, I i really appreciate life yeah like it's really kind of beautiful yeah and if i mean in the that's the funny thing about listening to that album is that i mean the the beats and the melodies and you know everything else it's so beautifully put together but then if you start concentrating on the lyrics there's some really heavy stuff and it's not you know light uplifting stuff it's it's about but the delivery is the delivery is yeah but what he's talking impeccable. about is like ahead of his time yeah I mean, absolutely like, and it but it, it, and it so that album came out and what'd you say 71 i think it was 71 71 so all the stuff that was going on in 71 Still going on 2022? You're like, we haven't evolved past that song, this entire, almost this entire album being relevant to the world 50 years later. Doesn't give you much hope for the next 50 years. No. So do you own, are you, do you have a relationship with any of his other studio albums? Um, to the same level that you studio albums probably not okay how did that one land on your so that one would have come directly from my dad Dad. yeah yeah like he would have he would have played that one um now you know i i didn't get into marvin Gaye until i was much older okay okay um probably in my late 20s okay early 30s what was it where you got pulled back in or I, you know, I don't know what it was. I think it was just like, I would go back to visit them mm. and he'd still be playing Marvin Gaye. And, you know, something to be I said re- for, if you want to diss on your father, your dad, for anybody out, my dad's such a dork, you know, yeah. he only listens to the, I mean, he was onto something. Yeah. He was onto and, something. You know, when you're onto something, you stick with it. Yeah. And so you would, I, you know, I'd go back and I'd visit, and he'd be listening to Marvin Gaye, or they'd have Marvin Gaye on, and you're just like, I, rem-, you know, I remember this from being a kid, and then you just you start paying more attention to it, and 
Um, Take and, you do one of those weird things where, like I said, with the ending of side A on Day Law, where you're like, whoa, eating cereal on Saturday morning, yeah. watching cartoons, and dad was wearing his robe or uh-huh. what, like you transported back yeah. to like. Oh. Yeah. And my dad, my dad loved, like he loved music, like to the point where he was trying to teach himself how to play music, how to read music. Um, he even went out and at some point, I think I was maybe a, in like 15, 16 years old, he went out and bought what, like the top of the line Yamaha keyboard Ooh. and was trying to teach himself because it had like the, you could put the drum beat on yeah. and you could, you know, you yeah. could change it from an organ to a piano. to. So he all, he was always, you know, musically inclined and cool he didn't really did he make you guys take piano lessons or anything like that no no, okay. no. I, I took trumpet i think when i was in you know fifth sixth grade okay and i'm always much to my own demise i am an instant gratification oh, guy yeah and so when i didn't feel myself getting better immediately i was like i don't, I don't want to do this anymore yeah I took guitar lessons in middle. I bought a guitar from the tune shop in uh-huh. PB with my own money. Oh yeah, and uh, found a dude. I think it was one of those flyers, uh-huh. and I ripped <laughs> off and rip off the paper. And my mom, over. my mom would take me uh, every week uh, to Larry Crabtree's house. Okay, and uh, yeah, I would I would be like, you know, I want I want you to teach me how to play "Dirty Deeds Thunder" cheap by ACDC, and he's mm-hmm. like, we're gonna start with "House of the Rising Sun." Okay. And maybe in two years, if you've did it, yeah. and it was like, I I would go home and I would get it, get my guitar, you know, out of its case and sit on the side of my bed, and I would he he gave me uh, some dexterity exercises like mm-hmm. you know, one two three four, one two three four, like all the way up the fretboard and yeah. then the next string, and then and then working it the other way, you know, across. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you got to do that like however many times a day until you, you develop the speed. And uh, and then I'd go back the next week and he'd be like, show me. How, and I was zero, zero, because I wasn't putting in the practice. Sure. It was sure. like, I want to, you know, like this hot girl, I want to show her that I can do the Ted Nugent solo tomorrow. <laughs> and eventually I was just like, no. ah. and, and, yeah. and then I bought uh, a Yamaha in college. Okay. And started paying a woman with money I didn't have to, you know, take lessons. Yeah. And I, I mean, I brought her, it was only side A, but I brought her a mixtape. I was like, I want to learn how to play the keys in all these tracks. And yeah. she's like, uh, we're going to start with when the saints go marching in. Mm-hmm. And same, you know, so I sit, sit there in my room and 20 minutes go by, like, I'm going to smoke a bong hit and yeah. play some PlayStation hockey. Yep. And I just fucking never had the discipline to yeah. do it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it drives you crazy once you get a little bit older, and you're like, "Shit, I could have, you know." I mean, even if I mean, forget about any dreams of being like a rock star, right? Right. But just to be able to sit down and play something on a guitar or the trumpet or something like that, and just be like, "Yeah, who's hell? It's not very good, but damn it, I can do it." <laughs> so you, so you dabbled in trumpet for a little bit, yeah, just for a little bit, yeah. Um, you mentioned Miles Davis a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. How far have you dipped your toe in those waters? Yeah, I got I got pretty far into Miles. I had a bunch of Miles Davis stuff. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, and so I, 
I don't remember. Oh, the first one I got into was my friend Spurgeon down in, uh, what you call it, in uh, Tallahassee. Okay. Um, he played trumpet, plays it really well. Um, and it was Round Midnight was the song. And he put it on for me. And I was just like, this is, this is really good. And he was like, oh, yeah, you should check out more of his stuff. So, and then, so I get back to Kansas City. I mean, I had listened to a bunch down there, but I get back to Kansas City, like I said, and I go down to Streetside, picking up Miles Davis and I'm CDs and, and cassettes and whatever. And I go way back to the beginning and I'm just like, I, I pour through that stuff. I get his next one through that stuff so i go all the way multiple from, trips and you're buying a miles davis record each time yeah okay yeah and and i i i don't know how many i ended up with um and, and i don't have any of them now it's crazy like cds um but i would just listen to miles davis and then he would always have somebody else on like, like coltrane you know somebody oh yeah just get into it and I went all the way through, like, get up to Bitches Brew. And it that's some really heavy stuff. Like, he gets into the acid jazz, and you're just like, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. Because it's not the bebop stuff no. that he was doing. Like, it, you know, these guys that... that it's hard to follow. Like, it is hard to follow. Pick whether it's his track or somebody else's track on a, on a song. You're like... I think I see a pattern and then nope, no, left, left yeah. turn yep. and then whoa, the bottom fell out yep. and just your, your our brains want like a little more stability to mm-hmm. be like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's, but it's just like, yeah. And jazz is kind of like that anyway, right? Right. right. But he was like, then you, I mean, yeah, you get into his stuff and you're like, okay, I expect a few, like you said, left turns. And you're like, no, not that. That's a like a U-turn going off a cliff. What, yeah, are you, what, this is, is, what is happening? This right is now? the audio version of Blair Witch Project. Just everything's <laughs> giving me like a panic attack. And <laughs> yeah, and so, but I, you know, I got into it and I learned to appreciate it. Nice. Um, so I, I still listen to it from time to time. I'll wow. Just, and jazz, what for whatever reason, became a really personal thing for me. Like cool. I don't, I don't, I've, I don't think I've ever shared it with my kids. Interesting. I don't listen to it with my wife. Like if I listen, if I'm listening to jazz, me time. It's me. Cool. Yeah, it's, it's like that. that's a weird thing. I feel like uh, I don't know if Bitches Brew is an example, but I feel like there's for sure one or two, maybe more Miles Davis records that. Um, sort of mimic or are similar to a lot of those blue note. I don't know. What, uh-huh. I don't know what label he was on. I think he may have started with okay, some blue note but, stuff. And but then... here's what was so cool to me. One of the many things that was so cool is that like there was no, um, you know, like Led Zeppelin um, houses of the Holy, I think is the record where it's this like, orangish rocky landscape leading uh-huh. up to a castle and there's all these strange like naked yeah children tr- trying to figures yeah but yeah i think i know which one, one example about. of a million uh, of records out there with cool album art but mm-hmm. those blue note records um you know 
Cannonball Adderley play the keys? Yeah. So let's say, let's say yeah. Cannonball Adderley record, and the bottom half. You know, if you think of like a newspaper, like the important stuff always goes above the fold mm-hmm. on the front page mm-hmm. of the newspaper. I feel like those records, the album art, like the bottom half, the below the fold is just empty. There's nothing. Yeah. And then at the top, you get a small picture of maybe him sitting at the keyboards, yeah. and then it's just um, everybody else's names. Uh-huh. Like, and they're they're kind of staggered. Yeah. And some are larger than others, yeah. and a lot of those records, you look, and maybe it's a Miles Davis record, but you look at the list of names, and you're like, this could be anybody's record because yeah. these are all like class a musicians that just happened to be playing on a miles davis record yeah and it sort of took that whole um you know if you want to go back to the the day law versus tommy boy and tug of war and what's yours and Mm -hmm. what's mine and Mm -hmm. kind of just saying like nah we just made this record yeah and it's like yeah he wrote most of the stuff so his he got a half a font right a little bit bigger but really like you're you're learning nothing but names mm-hmm. looking you gotta you gotta plug in and listen yeah, to listen. figure out what this record is about yeah. and then you do that and you're like oh my god these are all like world class drums horns yeah. uh, guitar grant green like how many riffs did grant green write were you like this could just like lull by me or he's shredding and yeah. like i've never heard anybody play like that before mm-hmm. like so cool um so the anthem pearl jam 10 i feel like uh is and i knew this i knew this when i kind of got this thing off the ground that i would run into this uh obviously there's going to be plenty of repeats but as a you know late 40s talking to early 50 like mm-hmm. we're in this bubble where that record was an anthem for a lot of yeah. us in different ways yeah. uh and i'm wondering uh if you could take me like back to the tail end of whatever music bubble you were in before grunge kind of hit us oh god um so uh 10 came out in what 91 or 92 yeah, I want to say 91, but I'm not positive. Yeah. Uh, I, so, again, I'm still in Tallahassee. Okay. Um, and I think I'm listening to, I'm listening to mostly hip-hop. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, you said that was the, golden, the late yeah. 80s into 96 yeah. was kind of the golden age. So that would be right in the heart of it yeah, all for you. Yeah, right in the heart. And, you know, I remember – so MTV actually showed – music videos back then and nirvana nevermind was just everywhere everywhere right and so many like where are they in a warehouse and why does the camera keep panning like (laughs) the stage is right there right like just you know and they sound dude sweeping or mopping or something angry and yeah there's these cheerleaders that aren't <laughs> doing like what normal che- they, they didn't make the yell lead squad no, you know? no 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 yeah this is this is the jv squad and they're and so then shortly after that and i can't remember what the first song from 10 that i remember that i remember seeing or the first song that they made a video for but i mean when when somebody says pearl jam or pearl jam 10 Immediately, I hear 
that opening guitar riff to Alive. Alive. And I mean, I don't know if it was yeah. first, but that's where I but go that's, here. Yeah, that's the first thing I, I recall. And I remember, I so maybe that was the first video. And I also remember, I think Alive, the either the first image you see on the video or the last image is like a wave. Really? I think okay. so. I don't recall. I'd have to go back yeah. and look. Yeah. And I want to say it's like this wave. And for whatever reason, it really stuck out okay. to me. that it, I was like, okay. And so I went to, there was a record store down the street. And I'm like, let me, I'm going to check this out. And I'm sure the guy behind the counter was like, <laughs> Pearl Duke, too? You sure? This is what you're looking at. I was like, so I, I get it home. Most deaths over there. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, and so I, I get it home, and I listen to it the first time. And I, I, and I vividly remember this. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Just, I mean, right off the bat, the entire album. Yeah, man. Just going down track by track. And I'm like, nope, this is, I love this. I love it. And <laughs> funny uh, so I met Florida and M and, and up until this point I had only dated white girls, mm -hmm. right? So I have my first black girlfriend oh. down at Florida and M. First, 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 first ever. First, first, first. Yeah. First kiss, first, first all of it. Anything. Okay. Okay. And so oh, shit. she comes over, right? And I mean, up to this point we'd kind of been listening to like old new edition and, and mm -hmm. all, all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff, right? And I'm like, I love this album. She's like, all right, play it. And she's like, look at, she's just looking at me like. Where's she from? She's from Tallahassee. Okay. All right. Um, and she's, she's into hip hop and R and B and, and Neo soul and that kind of stuff. And, and she's like, I don't, what are you listening to? And I, I played this album so oh, much. Put on, put on this flannel. Tell yeah. me. <laughs> Put on these hiking boots we're and don't lace them up. We're going to take a trip from Tallahassee to Seattle, right. and we're going to enjoy this. And um, she, I was, like I said, as much as I was immediately in love, she was immediately like, no, I don't, I'm not feeling this. But over time, I mean, I think it just kind of, it's like she got used to. No. -uh. Yeah. Really? And she, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't think she ever developed the same type of relationship sure. I had with it. But she was like, we'll talk every once in a while on Facebook. For real? Okay, cool. Yeah. And she'll be like, and I'll, something about Pearl Jam. Like, you know, every once in a while that, you know, day one of your 10 favorite albums. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. We've done this yeah. before. So um, fun. That yeah, might've been the I first time it. we did any kind of day law tribe yeah or at very least we were like stakes aside. yeah we're kind of yeah i get you Virtual we're here fist bump. we're here um and she'll and i was like karen tell him that i used to play the shit out of this album and she was like non-stop you just kept playing it kept playing it kept playing it. i would it was all i listened to for maybe a couple of months like straight. I had this the CD in the house, and I had the cassette in the car. For sure. Now that I'm thinking back, um, I still want to say. I mean, uh, that riff from Alive is is, but but uh, Even Flow might mm -hmm. have actually 
hit our radars first. I don't know. I don't know about MTV, but yeah. Um, and then a little bit later was Black, right? Dude. And Jeremy. God, Black. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. I mean the the so many pieces to Black. I mean, just like uh, you know, there, there's this like kind of haunting vocal cloud mm-hmm. pattern you know as the song i mean this, the whole song is great yeah but when you get like deep late in the song yeah just like oh my yeah. god i feel like i'm levitating you mm-hmm. know it's just and that's i mean i think that was part of the draw right i could just put it on and at some point you know that black is coming up mm-hmm. and you're just i'm just gonna lose myself in this you know six minutes of five minutes of song and just go with it yeah i don't know um why this is but uh ed tubes as a kid oh i did too okay um and i i've beyond that you know so i was probably five six somewhere mm-hmm. or seven beyond that like eight nine ten definitely um uh, i have some hardwired memories where like uh, I'm downstairs and my mom's upstairs and she's hollering mm-hmm. for me to bring her something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I completely can hear her hollering cause she's never been a quiet woman, right. but I can't make out any of the words. Okay. Um, and so, uh, in, in eighth grade, uh, I used to, I mean, I wake up completely nasally congested every morning. And yeah. so I do like super, a couple, three super violent blows uh-huh. in the morning and at the same time, like I was, you know, adolescence entering puberty, interested in girls. If I ever sneezed in class, which yeah. was often, I would hold my nose. Well, one morning I'm getting ready for school and I'm doing one of these and I literally pff, pff, both eardrums. Ooh. Just, and I mean, hot pus yeah. going down to my, and I was out for three days. Oh, yeah. Like I had a, my buddy that was up the street was bringing fucking homework to the house for me. Yeah. It's like, oh my, I mean, I, I was literally in bed just like oozing onto my pillowcase mm-hmm. for three days. Cause yeah. it was, so now every time I'm, you know, a doctor puts a thing like Jesus, there's some scar tissue. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I know it's it. so I've learned. I, I know as a kid that I, I misheard a lot of lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially now, um, you know, um, if I'm listening to something and it, you know, well, what is this? This who is this? And you know, maybe maybe I uh, forge a new relationship with an artist or an album. Uh, but then you know, one song in particular will, will really catch me, and so I'll look at the lyrics. Yeah. Or maybe it's a song that I've known for a long time, and I've always sung it a certain way. Yeah, sure. and, and now I'm looking at the lyrics and be like, mm-hmm. I've been f- like 45 percent of the lyrics of this song. I've been wrong. <laughs> so right. all that to say, like. I don't even know what's going on in black. Yeah. But it really just the human emotional strings mm-hmm. are just plucked and pulled. And yeah. I'm just like, fuck, I feel like I'm going to cry. Yeah. Like it's so, you know, I've never, I've never researched it. I don't know what's going on in that song, why it was written, but man, I don't either. I don't either. But yeah, I feel the same way. Like I, it's just like everything else there. I only have a few songs that do this to me. And black is one of them where, I'm so into the song that it's almost like I have blinders yep, on. Yep. Like everything else just kind of gets shut out. Yeah. You ever, one of the uh, big pet peeve of mine, but if you're like, that's the kind of song where, uh, 
maybe it's maybe it's that girl uh you're in the car mm-hmm. and there's something about especially if it's a beautiful day and you could just crank one of your all-time favorite songs yeah. or maybe you're doing the whole album front to back and then you get to black or whatever yeah. and right when it's gonna hit that she like starts talking you're yeah. like Fuck, i was gonna i was thinking about proposing to you yeah this, this might be you just uh, yeah what are you doing yeah you know what this song is yeah um and you know um it's to me i know i know there are lots of people that uh have been huge seattle grunge fans since then um and i know that there's plenty of people that are like way 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 into nirvana and way 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 into pearl jam uh but i i I feel like that movement the birth of that genre Mm -hmm. with those two albums Mm -hmm. i feel like they came out of the womb at their pinnacle yeah. And then everything else, not that everything after it was bad, right. but it, but nobody was ever going right. to touch that. Like the bar was set so high with those two. A lot of good out. I mean, like, uh, you know, Smashing Pumpkins and Screaming Trees yeah. and uh, the list goes on, yeah. but still. Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Yeah. I mean, so many where it's like, yeah. how do you, how do you touch that? It's good. It's good. It doesn't quite yeah. measure up. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, Siamese Dream is another smashing pumpkins this is another one of my all-time favorite albums my my buddy eddie is gonna be in your chair on saturday yeah. and that's what that's, he picked okay yeah yeah hey look I, I mean i and so like man i know like there's a lot of things out there about smashing pumpkins and there's a lot of opinions mm-hmm. um about their body of work and about their band members, especially Billy Corgan yeah. and how he's maybe not the most pleasant person. But if that album is the best smashing punk, I mean, I, when he told me, I was like, oh, I got so I listened to it like that day. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, today is still my favorite track on this album. And a lot of people want to say, you know, mayonnaise and whatever yeah. couple, but I'm like, dude, there's something about like the body that's that open and then uh you know it's 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 like you know 77 degree rainbow is like coming out of his mouth and it's like oh i could yeah and then when they you know they they kind of do verse one two and they're the refrains in between the two but there's one little transition where they kind of just really add an extra like bit of grease in the yeah oh god it's yeah. so good yeah it's a really good album yeah and that one i have some kind of memory of uh, a, a video for that like kind of like this ice cream truck oh yeah kind of for today some, yeah 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 good stuff man it really is it really is uh, um can we pause? take a quick break yeah, yeah i, I gotta go pee to really bad okay. yeah you cool. go um um anyway um so we were on 10 um yeah yeah, man and and the pumpkins i mean that Mm. singles soundtrack that was oh yeah i forgot about singles so good (laughs) you know uh so i remember my friend sarah introduced me to the movie singles she was absolutely she loved the movie 
and I watched it, and I'm like, this was 95, 96. I had just come back from Tallahassee, Kansas City, working for my dad in his office, and I'm not really doing much anymore. I'm just working, and I'm bored. And I'm like, I'm moving to Seattle. And my dad was like, you don't know anybody in Seattle. I'm like, I know. I didn't know anybody in Tallahassee either. And you sent me there. <laughs> yeah, you, got, you made me go down there. No. And um, I was like, I'm moving to Seattle. It was just because of this movie. Right? It was like, I love the scenery and I, it looks cool and I, I want to go. And so I did like all sorts of research and I was I was job hunting. And then I got down to a point where I was like, I don't know a single soul in Seattle. Like at least in Tallahassee, I had a couple of inroads. There, I would have been like completely could, could have been pretty wild, pretty interesting. Yeah, it could have been, but that's not my gig, man. I I I'm not a super social person to right, begin with, right? And I think I would have had a really rough time. But I now that I'm 50, married with kids, and it's hard to travel. I wish I would have gone. I mean, just if just to visit, even. just to visit, and even or even just to go out there and go. If I hate this place and haven't made friends in a year, I can come back home. And Kansas City's not going anywhere. And at least I could say I tried. I mean, at least I could say. I tried. You know what's weird? It just now occurs to me. Uh, you say that about yourself not being that social. Um, two two things like popped into my mind listening to you about Seattle Mm -hmm. and it's like that's kind of the birth of the coffee house and like I don't want to say um millennial but like whatever the whatever the mentality is that says by dressing goofy Mm -hmm. I'm anti Uh, or, or I don't know what it is but but and, and so you so you have that kind of like coffee house unique um attire or lifestyle the way that you present yourself yeah uh and then the music scene it, mm-hmm. like grunge is all like nah we don't we're not down with you know the pop that was the 80s like uh no no disrespect to hip hop and rap and all that stuff but it also just isn't our cup of tea yeah, yeah. and so it's sort of like this whole collection of antisocial people saying here's how we're social yeah you know yeah. and we're gonna some we're gonna make connections and we're gonna vibe that way yeah and does it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks that's yeah. what we're gonna do so you i mean maybe. you might have been the next bill gates yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean you know what maybe i just and, and, and i may have missed out on whatever you know uh although so, yeah. the last uh, year and change, couple years. I'm not really sure that like the Portland, Seattle, like no. that wouldn't be like the greatest place to be if you're, you know, a parent and yeah. concerned for your, especially if your children are the ages that they are, and yeah. now they're like actually getting out and navigating the world without yeah. mom or dad. Yeah, and then just every second they're gone, you're like, you know. Yeah. Are they going to get, you know, tear gassed or, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's, it's, and I mean, 
you know, I, I have a friend who she lives up in uh, Portland, right? And it's not a real diverse community out there. Really? Out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, you know other black people out there? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yes, there are. And I'm like. Steve at the job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. How many? And Martin's like six like, doors down. Yeah. You know them all, don't you? I give her a hard time. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know them all, don't you? And she's like, well, I know a few. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you said that. Uh, and I, I, again, don't want to just keep going back to sad old Facebook. But uh, uh, you do a couple things that uh, are really amazing in my mind. Oh, thank um, you. And the first is a uh, black man check-in. Oh. Um, yeah. And I'd like to know uh, what was the sort of seed um, for you to... Just kind of start, yeah. start doing that. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of a twofold thing. Um, I Whether it's intentional, I just consume a lot of stuff. And maybe I'm... He's, Sometimes those fifteen second fragments, right? And but I do listen to a lot of podcasts, and okay. I think the majority of the ones that I listen to now are black male mental health. Um, and you know, there's one that I listen to called Oh, now wait, the name just flew away from me. Um, All black men need therapy, right? Um, and it was these three or four guys that were friends or college roommates and they had all come back together. And then there was another called dad jeans, same kind of thing. Like G E N E S. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Um, and th- that was kind of about navigating your children and parenting your black children in, in, in the world today. And, you know, just bits and pieces from all these podcasts that I was trying to consume and take in and, and are you doing hundred percent audio only? Are you, are you, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. These are ones that I'm listening to yeah. at work. And um, you, the, doing the gig that you have, you can plug in and do, and nobody's getting on your case. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, I'll pop one AirPod in and I'll just listen. And I'll that way you still can hear what's I going can on. Still hear what's yeah. going on. Nobody says, huh? Yeah, no. Cool. Uh-uh. Very yeah, cool. I love it. Absolutely. Um, and so it, it became important to me to just check in or have the, you know, my black friends check in in some sort of way. Yeah. What, what better platform? Yeah. I mean, because we're all there. Right. And you know, sometimes I, I get one response. I've, I've, I get. I've been nosier than I should have been when I see, I don't see them all, but when I see one, Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know what I'm looking for, but I think I'm looking for a connection to be made and for somebody to say, I love you. Thanks for doing that. Or for somebody to say, can you give me a buzz tonight? Or I just, I just private messaged you, Mm -hmm. uh, hit me up after something. Yeah. I don't know why, but I'm, I, I, I've looked and I, sometimes I want to be like, where why are all of Elwin's black male friends not yeah. unanimously participating in this? And I think that that's, I think there's part of that because I think there's been such a stigma about mental health in general. And then 
I think you throw in like this whole thing about black men needing to be strong and tough and all the time that it may be even more so you're like, no, I can't. I mean, if I check in, that takes away from my toughness, takes, takes away from my masculinity and my God damn toughness. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, and so, you know, I will on occasion I'll have, I'll put that out there, you know, I'll get in it. And then I'll get a private message be like, I'm fine. I'm good. That's cool. How are you doing? That's and I'm, cool. And that's, you know, that's good enough for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, no. When you find yourself, uh, oh, now's a good time for me mm-hmm. to, like, is it always the same or is it always different? No, it's always different. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it might, I might just wake up in the morning and just be like, I need, I need my people to check in with me. Yeah, man. Make sure they're okay. And maybe on some level too, it's it's me checking in and letting them know that I need some feedback uh you know from from other black men in the community. Yeah. And I you know, I don't need it to be a long drawn out conversation. Right. I don't need you know, but something that says, "Hey, I'm I'm reaching out to yeah. you." Just give me a little, a right. little, you know, a little bounce back here. Something well, like uh, I don't mean to. Um, then, if the title of that podcast is "All Black Men Need Therapy," mm-hmm. um, I, I don't mean to take away from that at all. But nope. there, there is a, a small argument to be made that you could also have a different podcast called "All Men Need Therapy." Oh, absolutely. And um, I, I don't know if you're. Uh, girl is in the TikTok world, but mine is. Um, And oh, my daughter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So when she first started getting into that, um, you know, she doesn't have a phone, um, but like her grandma, her mom, her dad, her aunt. I mean, she's got like four or five different account TikTok accounts because Mm -hmm. she's got one on everybody's phone. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. You know, I'm when she starts creating uh, TikToks, I'm I'm like, I want to see what this is all about. So, uh, I, and I, I have a work phone uh, that I don't really use. I just mm-hmm. she that's primarily we send each other TikToks. Yeah. She uses it to make TikToks. But so when she got started getting really into that, um, I went down my own rabbit hole. I haven't really since this started because i mean everything else is podcast whatever else i used to do that was taking a lot of my time has had to sort of you sure. know, scheduling interviews doing the editing posting whatever um but there uh there's lots of um themes that happen on tiktok that some of which i think are always there people doing cooking videos or mm-hmm. dancing or yeah. whatever but then there's um some some social themes that seem to kind of like you know probably start as something small and then they grow into something big and they're there for a minute and then they kind of fade yeah and one of them um you know if you're familiar uh you can you can stitch and you can duet uh and stitch would be like you recorded a tiktok Mm -hmm. and unfortunately i think a lot of the times uh there, there there's a like a negative reaction to this but sometimes it's positive 
And so that, so you recorded something and maybe in the first 30 seconds of your 90 second TikTok, mm-hmm. you, you really encapsulated in those first 30 seconds, what the whole thing is about. Yeah. And all of the, the, the middle third and the final third are also good content, but the, the core is in there. So, so I then record my own mm-hmm. and it starts with your 30 seconds. Okay. And then I, right. and then a clip, then it's me saying whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that stitch and then duet is when it's like two pains, you know, it's like mm-hmm. the one per, um, there was a really, and I, like I said, I'm not as tuned in as I was a couple months ago, but a lot, a lot of TikToks going around and, and women were, were kind of partial, you know, partially responsible for putting a lot of them out there where they, you know, it was like, um, uh, sort of that same thought pattern of stranded on a desert island mm-hmm. you can only take one record what's yeah. it going to be okay. but instead the question is you as a, an adult male are experiencing i don't know maybe you just lost a parent maybe you just lost your job maybe you've been maybe you've had depression for 30 years and you're just right now you're in whatever the situation is right. they ask you as a man who do you reach out to Mm-hmm. Who do you ask for help? Yeah. And the overwhelming, you know, I'm not talking 51%. I'm talking huge numbers. They're all of them are like, and without hesitation, nobody, nobody yeah. no one, no, yeah. never. I would never. Yep. And it's like, yo, are there like an alarming portion of the adult male population out there just with who knows what, how many layers of garbage? Yeah. And to have like a normal, inner, you know, at the gas station or the grocery store or at a restaurant, you're compartmentalizing all that to have the interaction with the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when that interaction is over, then you go back, you know, and especially, uh, you know, uh, pandemic and lockdown and yeah. ordering food and am- everything. Yeah. We're eliminating all these mm-hmm. needs or ways that we used to. Inter- so it's all you're just more and more. Yep. Yeah. And again, I. I uh, not to take anything away from all black men there, but it's just like this idea of, uh, yeah, like men don't need support yeah, or uh, guidance. Yeah. And and then if you go back to this, um, you know, I don't even know how to quantify stigmas associated mm-hmm. with black men, whether it's, um, you know, absentees, fathers, or legal history of legal. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of things yeah. <clears throat> that you uh, put on the shoulders of the black men that non-black men aren't carrying around. Yeah, sure. I mean, so that's really fascinating, and I, I, w- I wish, I, I guess, I guess, I've not only, you know, kind of when I've seen it, hoped to see a little nugget of connection. But yeah. I, I think I've also kind of been rooting for it to like kind of take off. To grow into yeah, something yeah, more maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not that that would be visible to me, mm-hmm. but maybe one day I see a post from you where you, you talk about the growth of this thing and how yeah. now uh, you've got six other friends that are doing it. Yeah. Every, I mean. Yeah. So and I have had a couple of people cool. that have reached out and then kind of turned it into their own thing, which is awesome to me because 
check in on your people, right? Like you're saying, with every, especially with all this stuff going on in the world, right? COVID, the the political climate, um, social unrest, all this stuff, and then, like you said, well, I mean, the stigma of going to therapy or whatever the case may be. I think it's th- that you are admitting willfully or otherwise that there's something wrong that with you. Something's wrong. Right. That's not it at all. It's like 100% the goal yeah. is is personal betterment. Yes. It's not like your transmission is slipping and you're taking it to the mechanic right. and now you have to give them a pile of money and you leave with a new transmission. Yeah. It's not that at all. No. But it, it yeah. So like I had a friend reach out and um, I, she had gone, she's, you know, she's had kind of a rough, rough go. Um, and she's now sober. So she was, she kind of went, you know, I don't remember what she said, but it was kind of like check in. And then she messaged me and she was like, I really hope you don't mind. I borrowed your idea. Because I wanted my people to check in and make sure they're. I was like, no, God, like no, fellow substance abuse, yeah, folks, yeah. Okay. And I'm like, no, that's that's awesome. That I don't have any, you know, license on this being a sole property, right? So, yeah, get your people to check in with you because it's important. Yeah, and I'm very thankful <clears throat> that I do have a really close group of friends um, that I communicate with on a daily basis. And nine, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's just silly shit. But when I'm feeling a certain kind of way and I need to express frustration or anger or sadness or whatever the case is, I know without hesitation, I can reach out to one, two or all three of them that are in this little pod of mine and be like I need you guys today I need your positive energy I need your uplifting words whatever the case may be and without fail they're like bring it what do you need what do you got awesome let's do this that's so great let's try and figure out what's going on with you yeah um so we I I think we kind of uh accidentally or indirectly touched on this but it's very pertinent to this topic you said 16 14 and 10 yeah um <laughs> so i have only um like read about this uh i've never had a direct conversation maybe one but I've never had, uh, I've certainly never had an abundance of interactions with people who um, wake up every morning as parents of black children mm-hmm. and the filing cabinet of fears and concerns that yeah. the rest of us don't have. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's so... for somebody to I think somebody like pointed it out to me I mean just the idea you know uh, of walking in your neighborhood I mean I Mm -hmm. I don't 
necessarily mean to go right to Trayvon Martin, but yeah. I, it's it's an example that we all know. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, I, th- I think there's a collective parent share in terms of when your child, is, you know, like I said, I lost my kid for a second and a half at the Blues game. Yeah, They're out in the Panic. world, out in the world. Um, but that's that's even more contained. You're, we're all in a, a venue. Everybody's there to, for the same reason mm-hmm. to to watch the sports exhibit. You know, yeah. but take that building away and disperse those people, and we're all just out in the world. Yeah, and there's some fucked up people out there. Absolutely, and you know. Uh, our 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 folks i feel like well i mean my folks uh they my mom especially um for years all she ever talked about was uh and i don't even know if she was making this uh drawing this conclusion intentionally but it was kind of like the world was a different place until Kennedy was shot. Mm-hmm. Like nobody locked their front doors and it was all just, you know, crime was whatever. And then the world changed. Mm-hmm. And now we're all like when in the eighties, when I was walking to school and riding my bike to school, you know, don't talk to strangers and sure. want some candy, little boy, like the, yeah. the idea of kidnapping and all that. Yeah. But that was the complete catalog of concerns. Yeah. There was never, a whole other chapter or addition to like somebody might see you mm-hmm. and they don't like a very specific thing about you yeah. and they might act upon it. Yeah. I mean, t- tell me if you don't mind, like how has that been for you and your wife? Like, yeah, I, you know, I think she and I um, were a little naive about it going in. Right. Um, and if you see my two boys, for better or worse, they could probably pass <laughs> as white kids. Okay. They're right. really, really fair skinned. Okay. But doesn't one of them have. Uh... They, they both have curly hair. Okay. Okay. Right. And so that, that could be the giveaway. Um, but, I mean, they're, they're pretty fair skinned. But your your girl. But now my daughter's a little bit darker skin, and she definitely has, uh, you know, the tight ringlet yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so there's at least no question about whether or not she's partially black or you know biracial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that one, I mean, I feel like I've we've tried not to be. Like fill them with fear, fear, yeah. and dread Smart. about being out there. But I also need you to be aware that some people still harbor attitudes. If you aren't communicating that awareness on some level, you're failing as a parent. Absolutely, you're putting them at yeah danger. And yeah, risk. you're putting them in danger. And so, my, you know, uh, to make a, a lighthearted point during all this, my youngest son, and this was probably three years ago, so he's probably seven years old, we're having a discussion about race and their, you know, their racial makeup at the dinner table one night. And my older son, who was probably 11 at the time, says, Nate, you're black because dad is black. And Nate looks crazy. He looks at me and he's like, 
what? And he's like, yeah, dad is black. That makes you black. And Nate <laughs> gets up from the dinner table. And there's a bathroom that's kind of right behind the dinner table. He's like, let me go look at this. <laughs> As if he's never seen a mirror before. <laughs> right, right. He goes and looks in the mirror and he's just got a... And it was a really Damn, funny. you're right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, okay. So, um, but I also need them to be aware because they have, as you know, with their appearance, they also have um, black friends. So, and, the, and like you said, they're starting to navigate their way out into the world. And so, you know, what happens when you're out at the mall with your friend or you're, you know, you and your friend are riding your bikes around the neighborhood. And when I, I was at the mall and riding my bike around the neighborhood, I was thinking zero about race. Yeah. Like it just, yeah. you know, you don't have to. Yeah. Right. I, um, I remember riding my bike down to, we used to live over at 103rd Antioch ish area. And there was a there's a strip mall that's still there. I, there's a liquor store that's there now, but it used to be some something else. I don't remember. And I was riding my bike through the parking lot, and I'm probably eight years old, nine years old. Why do I feel like this is not going to end As, well? It, I, it is to this day, and I remember this so clearly. I'm riding my bike through the parking lot, and it's it's packed cars everywhere it's a nice day outside the strip mall in the 80s strip mall in the 80s and i just out of nowhere and i never saw who said it and nobody ever approached me i just hear this hey get out of that and i was i'm like get out of the what get out the parking get out, lot get out of the, the parking strip lot mall? get out just earth go home i don't even remember exactly what it said but i remember how terrified i was and there's no other way i can describe it i was terrified did you like were you headed somewhere and when that happened you turned around and went home or how did you i maybe i i think maybe i was just out riding my bike okay. for the joy of riding my bike at eight years old and immediately i've never pedaled faster God damn to get back home now if you were eight i mean did 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 mom and dad have any kind of talk with you before you were uh, out on that bike? I, if they did, I don't remember it. Okay, they but so I mean, obviously, Johnson County, Kansas is not anywhere. It's not the same as anywhere else in the country. Mm. But I, I mean, like if your parents were raising you today mm -hmm. in 2022, mm -hmm. they're definitely yeah. saying it's like yeah. stuff. You, you've got to be, you've got to have your head on a swivel. You've got to be aware phrase. of your surroundings. Um, and you have to pay attention to how people are interacting with you. Because, right. you know, I mean, somebody might be smiling in your face and, but listen to, watch their body language, listen to how they're addressing you, listen to how they react to the things you say. I mean, everything, all this minutia. And, and 
I don't put it on my kids like that, but I'm like, it's heavy. I'm like, just pay attention. Right. Pay attention. Pay attention. And you know, as a teenager, you're like, eh, come on. I, you know, it's not that deep. And I'm like, I'm like, nah, it's, it's that deep. It's yeah. that deep. And yeah. I know maybe it doesn't feel like that all the time, but you have to be aware. It probably doesn't feel like that all the time because in, in, in a sense, they're kind of growing up in the same bubble that you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hopefully Johnson County, Kansas is a better version of itself today than it was back then. Maybe. maybe but yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's just a little more, I, maybe it's a little more hidden or people are just on their toe. They're a little yeah, mindful a little of what mindful. they, yeah, man. So, you know, it, and it is, it's, it's scary. And I think I go back to, I think Heather and I being a little, uh, naive and we were just like, oh, you know what? Let's, let's go out to Olathe. Olathe's a little more diverse than we were living in uh, when we got married and Lauren and Gabe were born in Prairie Village. Yeah. And then we ended up being pregnant with Nate and we needed to move to a bigger place anyway. And so we were like, let's look in Olathe. It's a little more diverse. And we get out there and lo and behold, it is, right? It's a little more diverse. And then we kind of get, you know, their their worlds start expanding because, you know, elementary schools like this, middle schools like this, high school, you know, so forth. And it's not quite as diverse as we had originally thought. I was going to say, like, I don't spend a ton of time in Olathe, but when I, when I am out there, I feel like uh, the, the Hispanic community is more visible than, like, right here. Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know about anybody else though. Like uh, as far as how much diversity is there, you know? Yeah. I think there's maybe a little bit more in like certain pockets of Olathe. Um, There's pretty visible Hispanic community out there. And then, you know, there are more black people out there than even I think I originally had imagined, but still not a great number. Right. 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 Um, and there's a lot of interracial families and and multiracial families, which we actually you know really like and obviously that's us too. Yeah. Um and so like our kids see people that look like them. Right. And other parents that look like their friends' parents. Right. So it's kind of wild uh if you think about um, and I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it, it, especially in this city where uh, it's pretty heavily documented that uh, developers mm-hmm. really wanted to say, I yeah. mean, the deed to this house, I have it on the other side of that wall, mm-hmm. uh, says no Jews, blacks, or Catholics. Yeah, and I mean, I'm Catholic. Like <laughs> I, I know it's not the same. Like but, right, but but for for whatever reason that like the jc nichols exactly yep 100 percent. yeah but so if you if you think of that as like okay here's here's the origin of a city and it it developed it's obviously cities are unless they're like 
failing miserably and falling apart because they have no infrastructure or whatever. But cities are always going to grow because people, you know, keep having, they keep adding to their family. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that's happening. Uh, People are being born maybe at a faster rate than people are dying. So the population keeps growing. But if you think about what the suburbs is, is people are saying, I don't, I don't want to be, the diversity here is too great. Too much. So I'm going to. Yeah. And then y- you ended up going like way deep in Olathe and kind of came when you went through the other came out the other side. Yeah. Like you, you go far enough and it's like, oh, well, here's kind of a collection of people that appreciate diversity. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like the farther you get is only serving the purpose until now it's serving a new purpose. Mm-hmm. It's really, really bizarre. Yeah, it really is. But, um, so the black man check-in was the one, the first thing. And then the other thing is, um, I don't know what else to call it besides like little vignettes of, uh, black history. Month. Yeah. But do you only do that in February? Yeah. Well, no, like okay. in February I do it. Okay. Every day. Every day? like Right. I just change the person, the place, the event, whatever it is. That's something new every day. Um, How many years have you been doing this? I think this is my third or fourth year okay. doing it. Have you had any repeats or are you coming up with fresh? I'm, I think the only repeats, because I, I try really hard to avoid repeats. Which I, I commend you for. I think the only repeat that I've had has been president obama okay I, did, did you post him today uh yes yesterday okay all right yeah um and i think that's the only i repeat mean i've had so far pretty good choice if that's your yeah. only repeat yeah pretty amazing oh dude. no that's not true the Har. i think i did the harlem hellfighters a couple of years ago okay also. okay um but yeah those have been maybe the only two repeats i've had um what tell me about the impetus for starting to do that um i just you know i i think you know we had these conversations where like black history largely isn't wasn't taught in schools at almost at all right i, I mean, mean i have no recollection yeah, of even during black history month as a as a kid, as in my teenage years, I don't remember. Was it even a thing? Even did being they call it that? Right. You know, I well, I think it even maybe started out as a week. <laughs> At some point, it was Black History Week. It's Black History Morning, everybody. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, it's right, noon. Sorry, right, it's sorry. we're done with that. Um, but and then I started just kind of looking into different things right and other things would just pop up and it'd be like no that was invented by george washington carver and i'm like who's george washington carver he's like well he was the black man that did like what okay all right cool let me let me see what else he did right And, and then it was you know with the invention of google later on you're just like first black and it just you know it'll auto populate for you and you know, thanks Google. Yeah, thanks Google and Black History and this stuff. And so it be kind of it just became 
like, you know, this thing that just kind of grew and I, I look forward to it every day. I mean, it literally, I would do it before I even got out of bed. I'm just like, Oh, oh what's today? Mm-hmm. Let's see what, you know, how do you, how do you land on who, who or what is the subject? I, it, sometimes it's just random. Okay. Like I, I, there are a few that I knew that I wanted to touch on. Um, my dad's medical school this year. I did Meharry Medical School. Cool. Um, and then what was the other one that I knew I was absolutely going to do? I can't remember. I think it was the very beginning of the month. And so I don't remember which one it was. But then a friend of mine at work came up to me and she said, are you familiar with the history of the Quindaro neighborhood, KCK? And I'm like, no, not really. And she was like, you need to look into it and you know if you're interested put something up and it's like sure shit i went home that night and i was like i had no idea tell and me there was a historically black college here okay um established you know um soon after uh was the oh gosh 64 something like that Right. And it did, it was not 64. Sorry. It was before that, but it wasn't around for very long. Okay. Um, like it was founded here and then yeah. it didn't last. And it didn't last. Huh. Um, so, you know, because I mean, back in those days, it was, you know, unthinkable that a black person would go to school at right. any other university. Um, and it was over there in KCK, Quindaro. And I was like, this is amazing. And yeah, gotta, that is a, fascinating neighborhood yeah it really is and And i don't know much about it but yeah so um, two things uh i i saw a meme and i mean you could take the most positive uh uplifting well-intentioned thing and somebody's gonna turn it on its head and but I'm pretty sure it was, uh, I don't know if it was a black lady on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, but I think it, I think the thing had made its way to Facebook and the gist of it was like, uh, y'all posting all this black history month stuff, uh, and not remembering that that's white people shit. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. And the, the point that they were trying to make is like, um, these these black people and these black institutions have been around mm-hmm. we're we're educating white people now because they aren't aware i mean myself included i think frederick Douglass and you know carver like very few stand yeah. out from grade school and middle school yeah um and i was like well i i think i see the angle and it it feels a little creepy like you're like it's like it's kind of coded in negative energy Uh but i I, but but there's also kind of a kernel of truth in there that you know uh i mean black history month and educate like all the the educational pieces about black culture like we're 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 not just teaching white people about Mm -hmm. it i mean it's not like every black person you've ever met 
knows all the things right, that you've absolutely. shared and posted and they could just spout them off like the oh, alphabet. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. So I, it, it just, you know, it was kind of like, like, ugh, like I, I, I don't know what to do with that because I, like I said, I kind of see what you're saying. Like, you know, it, it, it was never public information because of, I don't know, because the white man writes the history books so right. we don't want to talk about that. Yeah. But also like if it's, if it's getting out there and it's educating anybody, like right. isn't that a good thing? It's a good thing, to so, me anyway. Right, right, right. And some of that is it was. I mean, part of the reason I do it too also is self education because I didn't I didn't have 100%. this knowledge. Right, and I'm like, hey, look. and my friend Deb, um, she was she did does her own version of it, right? Okay, and like I will I'll pour over her post. Because she did something on the last day, and it was about a doorway in Senegal. I want to say it was Senegal. I I might be mistaken. But a doorway that leads out to the ocean. And it was like the last doorway that like slaves would go through as they were being loaded onto the ship to to make... Was Senegal like a notorious port? For I departure, think so. okay, yeah, wow, and I, it, I mean, I'm looking at this picture and li- I'm, I'm getting chills again, and just like I don't know, I, I had to have conjured it in my mind, right? Like I could hear shackles, and chains, just shuffling through this doorway, and I'm just like, I, I. Interesting that you went there. I went I, where I went was uh, like cries. Like mm-hmm. how many? Liter- literally, how many families like that were part of a community that were just doing their Senegal thing and yeah. and, and then yeah. ripped apart. Literally ripped yeah. apart and literally ripped apart. Probably most of those folks never saw those family members yeah. ever again. Nope. And yeah. that's and that's how you you talk about your kids navigating the world now, and that's mm-hmm. you navigate the world for the rest of your life with yeah. that, you know. I mean, yeah, it's if you it's, make it to adulthood, good job because that's heavy, that's heavy, heavy to carry around. Yeah. So, um, I don't know that this is necessarily a a, a project for Elwin M. Grimes Jr., mm-hmm. but um, here's where. I personally am lacking uh, a lot, um, and I think a lot of other people are too. And that is this: um, I don't know, I don't know what label, like I don't know how to title it, but but the whole idea of we talked about developers and J.C. Nichols and 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 cities. I, I guess it's probably best and safest to stick with KC because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what, what's going on anywhere else but uh, the idea of like whether it's elected officials or branches of the government or people in power whoever it is uh, having you know their hand in the mix of how a city's layout winds up mm-hmm. happening and um I don't mean to pick on Truist or make Truist a whipping boy, but we all know that it's like a pretty 
like historically it's kind of been the dividing line yeah. so if you know in this portion of a city you are exposed to few opportunity fewer opportunities for the betterment of your family mm-hmm. and your community than than other pockets yeah of your city yeah and that isn't that doesn't mean just like this spring or 2022 it's generations where yeah. uh you know i don't know man like and and so i i feel like there's a really huge learning opportunity to figure out you know to and not every last scrap of detail but there's a there's a level of detail that i think is necessary to get to mm-hmm. to figure out how they things like this came to be yeah <clears throat> the will of someone or some people and how they've how it has affected the people that have lived in wherever this since it, it initially happened is am i making any yeah. sense yeah like, no, I, I i think i understand what you're saying i feel like i have a huge void of ignorance in because well there's a, i think there's a part of my mind that is and my heart that is reluctant mm-hmm. to believe that whatever whenever it was i don't know man 1940 or yeah. 1890 but that somebody was like no all right so we're gonna um we're gonna create these funds for housing or whatever it is but we're gonna we're gonna keep it over here or Mm -hmm. we're gonna create criteria that makes it hard for certain people to become eligible i mean it's it's really the same as voter suppression yeah but uh i mean you could argue that it's it's even more important or more impactful because it's affecting everyday life, yeah. not just election cycles and so on yeah, and so forth. Absolutely. So I don't know who the person for that project is, but I feel like um, it should be something that uh, we're getting little kernels of, at least to start, yeah. and, and not just for one month yeah. out of the year. Yeah. And, and does that make any sense? I mean, yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think that. Um, you know, the, and the information is out there somewhere. It's, I mean, right? it if you can get be. into John Gruden's scent box from <laughs> right. 2007, yeah, come yeah. on. I mean, and because you know, I mean, there's always a paper trail, right? I mean, so the saying goes. Even when people have been pretty clearly uh, mindful for there not to be, yeah. There's still there's, always there's always oh, oh shit yeah, okay yeah All right. oh this, tuck that away for, yeah for later reading um but yeah there I mean I like you're saying I guarantee you that there's and I, you know I hesitate to say maybe there's still some of it in play I mean you know what I, I mean I think we would both be surprised if there was if, zero yeah right yeah oh yeah absolutely and. So it, the, the information is is out there. Yeah, whether and or not it's readily available is a different story. Right. I just think that you know, uh, again, same as truth. You know, I hate to like pick up a, a, a phrase and and label it or, or target it, but I think there are well, we there are, there have been for sure people of this mentality, but in this current climate of political and social divide and all this. I feel like there's just a lot of people that um, 
really want to just pin themselves to the if they would just pick themselves up by their bootstraps mm-hmm. sure and it walk down the street and the opportunity is equal and yeah. abundant for everybody yeah. it's like is it man sure? is it are you sure where yeah. what porch are you sitting on and looking and going yeah that's yeah. fact i feel yeah. comfortable no i i i think that either it's that's a willful ignorance right or just the lie that they're willing to perpetuate and say no well that's a the willful ignorance or or the lie that you want to perpetuate is a more comfortable blanket than discovering yeah. that for the last 45 years you've been wrong yeah and and the people that taught you that didn't necessarily know what they were talking about either yeah. like that's a lot to unpack yeah it really is i mean and i i get it but you know so is being I, ripped apart from your family and yeah. port in senegal yeah by that doorway yeah um okay so last but not least um your kids mm-hmm. well, first of all uh your wife uh yeah. music fan she is not okay. to the degree that right. i am right like she she'll put on music and she she loves like old 90s r&b okay like new edition nice that kind of stuff and and so i think you've said that twice and both times i hear even though it might not be them mr telephone man yeah that's them <laughs> that's them that's okay. them um <laughs> There was one one that came out. Uh, oh, uh, let's see. We don't have to take our clothes off to have a good time. Was right around the time that I was really getting into girls. Yeah, and I was like, "Wait, <laughs> yeah, we do. We don't. What are you talking about? I like this song. This song is <laughs> promoting a bad message." <laughs> um, but yeah, so but she loves country music. Okay. And how and how does I am not a country music fan by any stretch. I and I I say that um, tongue in cheek because some of the old stuff I do enjoy. Sure, like you know some I can listen to some George Strait. I can listen to uh, oh, uh, Johnny Cash. You know that kind of stuff. I I can. And for the newer stuff, I do like Chris Stapleton. Okay, I'm not, but. He's the one that uh, I know, I know probably, the name. Tennessee whiskey, that song. Tennessee whiskey. No, okay. Anyway, it's it's a good song. Okay. Um, but by and large, oh now when she turns on country music, I'm just like. And she grew up where? She grew up here. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys meet in Lawrence? No, we met uh, through a mutual friend at Johnny's on 119. Okay. Like a, like a group of you were out, or you guys were set up? No, she was working. Okay, and uh, I went up to visit my friend Sarah, who, and then have a couple of drinks with Sarah, and I don't remember if I was like, "Hey, who's that?" or Sarah was like, "I should introduce you to Heather." It, it, uh, regardless, cool, yeah, um, that's how we met. So, music for the kids. Um, they, I'm assuming that on some level, music has been in the household yeah. or in their ears for. Yeah. And do do are you uh does does their individual relationships with music give you joy? Yeah, okay, absolutely. Cool. And so I think it's a it's a really cool thing. Now they're not into a lot of the stuff that I've 
presented to them. Sure. I mean, and that's and that's fine. Yeah. Like my daughter, it's the weirdest thing. Like my daughter, especially, I will give her something, or you know, play something for her, and she's not paying attention to it, and then she'll see it on TikTok or in a movie, and she'll be like. Dad, do you know who Jimi Hendrix is? And I'm like, yeah, I do. I've heard of him. Name yeah, sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what song? Is CKS, it, is that how the name is? Castles in the Sand. And I'm like, yeah, I know the song. She's like, it's really good. And I'm like, I know. Uh-huh. I, I've tried. <laughs> you didn't see my my Black History Month post on Jimmy. <laughs> you, you, here, have my Jimi Hendrix right. T-shirt. Um, we were, I don't remember, maybe my boy was having a sleepover, but, uh, we wound my daughter and I wound up with like a Friday night, just daddy daughter night. And, uh, we, whatever we did for dinner and then we're going to watch a movie. Okay. So she picks it, uh, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. and we, uh, we go. She's like, okay, it's all set up. I come and I sit down, and I can't remember the name, but I, I immediately was like, oh my god, this is what you picked, and it was, it's like uh, college. It's not road trip because that's the Tom Green movie, but uh-huh. Martin Lawrence is the dad. Oh, and the daughter is Raven. Yeah, uh, from. Remember when yeah, Cosby it's brought so Raven it's, and, yeah. yeah, and then she was yeah 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 a little I can't remember the little uh so he's Olivia yeah, yeah 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 he's got um he's got it in his head that she's gonna go to this one school because uh-huh. have you seen this movie I've I think I've seen part it's of it it's pretty bad yeah like just in a in a like cheesy like blueprint yeah okay movie's done get it out yeah. next one you next know. yeah um he wants her to go to it, the whatever school he wants her to go to is it might be northwestern mm-hmm. uh it's really good and it's really close he i think he's a cop so he's got like driveway to driveway how quick he could <laughs> and she uh, lands on wanting to go to georgetown okay and so she's gonna like road trip with a couple of girls and go see go visit and he's like dead set against it yeah. and um that gets himself involved somehow so that <laughs> the road trip to georgetown is just the two of them uh-huh. which is completely cringe for her yeah she sure. doesn't like my dad and also i'm missing out with my friends yeah absolutely um yeah. but a while ago um somebody shared uh on on a on a facebook post uh this playlist on spotify mm-hmm. um and i've actually messaged the girl who who made this playlist she's the creative director for the band fish oh really and she has she put together a playlist on spotify that is all of their walk-in and intermission house music from 2009 to today okay and okay. and i mean they'll have house music playing um you know, just like records by other artists playing for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, intermission is usually like 30, 40 minutes. And then there's some music after the show's over and the lights go on and people yeah. are, but it's always really good. Um, so somebody shared this playlist and um, uh, it's, I mean, there's like, 
ten thousand hours. Oh jeez. I mean, it's there's I mean, you name there's like Marvin Gaye, The War on Drugs. Like there's so like every it's all the it's all I play anymore. Yeah. It's, in the car, I'm doing shuffle something but i just it plays non-stop and unless like the wi-fi gets interrupted or i actually want to listen to something specific it's all right. that's ever playing and there are so many times where a new song starts and i'm like who is this yeah. this is incredible yeah and so if that happens i'll save it to i'll mm -hmm. download it into my library mm -hmm. and so when i'm out in my car doing shuffle like you know, there's a good chance that, that that'll come on but somewhere n not necessarily tied to this playlist thing but it's it's really great um i i think somewhere around the time that i started listening to this playlist i decided that i was gonna uh use our letter board to to write just a couple lines from of lyrics from a whatever song that just it's got to be completely organic and not you know premeditated um and i and i'll i'll take a picture of it and i'll put it on instagram yeah um and uh i went through this phase for a couple weeks where like all I wanted to do was listen to Double Dutch Bus on repeat, <laughs> right? Because it's okay. so amazing, yeah, it's great. and like so many layers and so much groove. And yeah, I love it. So, um, you know, and and honestly, like uh, there's there's a there's a couple of of passages in there uh, where they're speaking with uh, the extra syllable with a z mm -hmm. like priest yeah 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 and, and like one of one of them is like uh these boys are talking to these girls and they're saying something about playing basketball and the, the other is is less detailed but you know he's a was you know mm -hmm. but what i really love is just the riff and the beats yeah. and 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 so i for a while it was every time we get in the car i'd put my kids were like please stop playing <laughs> so anyway we're sitting there watching this movie and i'm like i don't know how i'm gonna survive an hour right. and 20 minutes of this just like yeah, super just, cheesy cringe yeah. um but very early uh she's like pissed because now the road trip is happening with him instead of her friends uh -huh. and he puts on double dutch bus because i guess that was their song when she okay. was a little girl yeah and he's trying to like you know, and she's way so many years over that. Yeah. <laughs> but my daughter was like, "That's your song, Dad." Double Dutch, but and then it yeah. it comes up like three or four more times throughout the movie. I was uh -huh. like, "See, I'm not like a huge dork. Like I <laughs> people are, people that are making movies like the same making movies are like they like the same stuff that I do. Yeah. So yeah, but um, so they they don't they haven't necessarily traveled down the path of that's with stuff that you've presented to them, but they're forging their own. Yeah. They're forging their own. And my daughter, funny that you mentioned double judge, what, it, because, uh, she's gotten into the Marvel movies. Okay. Recently. And so she just finished, uh, guardians of the galaxy. Okay. And the soundtrack to guardians of the galaxy is fucking phenomenal. Really? I yeah. It's, okay. It's all like classic rock. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it. Uh, Peter Quill is the dude, and he's got like the old school Walkman, 
and it's all the songs he remembers from like his mom and it's like i can't even remember but if you ever look up the the, the soundtrack to guardians of the galaxy okay I will, I will it is just great stuff great stuff and so she came home and she's loving it she's like this this soundtrack is so cool I'm like, yeah, see, I told you. This, nice. I, this good stuff out there. Your dad knows what's up. I know what's going on. <laughs> and, you know, and conversely, stuff that I probably would have never been on my radar. That I'll go, what are you listening to? And she'll play me something and I'll be like, okay, that's not bad. Right. That's not bad. I can, like, I would have never listened to Billie Eilish. Right. It's got a couple of really good songs yeah, that man. I really enjoy. Yeah. And I'm like, I put it on a playlist. And then my middle son, he's really just kind of gotten into music maybe in the past year. And he likes the new hip hop. Like new, the new, yeah. And I. So, I mean, every once in a while, I'm like, who, who are you listening to, bud? Because he plays it loud sure. in his ear. They, do they all have their own rooms? Yeah. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but he has AirPods. Okay. And I'm like, I shouldn't be able to hear your AirPod over my AirPod. I can also hear your eardrums being damaged. Bleeding. <laughs> I'm like, why is it so, so loud? And I'm like, what are you listening to? Typical teenager. Music. Mm-hmm. Okay. How's school today? Fine. Fine. Who are you listening to? And I, I can't even remember. And I, I'll I'll put it on. And the funny thing is, is like, he'll be like, it's not a great song lyrically, Dad, but the beat is banging. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know. Do you, have you ever found yourself checking out yeah and and then oh he was right yeah about both yeah okay i'm like because i and i don't remember the. i think i at one song i think i added was like i i don't even remember right and i was like this beat is kind of it does kind of go hard so i'm gonna tell a few friends and give no credit to my son yeah i found this shit And then the youngest one is still, you know, he plays his music the loudest. He's got a little, uh, what do you call it, the Echo, okay, whatever, Alexa, in his, or, Alexa yeah, in his room. He plays his music like too loud, like, and he'll just leave his door open at six o'clock in the morning, and he's out and running around the house, and it's freaking Post Malone. Oh wow! And I'm like, Nate come on man everybody's asleep he's like oh sorry dad go in his room turn it down i'm like but he he's like i think his music comes from the movies and youtube sure so whatever he you know whatever springs up on there so he's not like searching out artists yet but the other the other two are it sure would be cool if you could and I'm, i'm sure that this is exists i don't know probably in lawrence or wherever but if you could go you know and root root through with your youngest or any of or all of them i don't know just be like you know uh when when we used to do this like let's say that day on the you put 
11 records on the counter and found out you could only afford <laughs> eight and a half of them or whatever. Right. But you went home with eight. Yeah. And uh, assuming that the choices you made were of a certain level of high quality, yeah. the amount of time for you to get familiar with all eight of those records, yeah. that's that's a couple weeks yeah. worth it. And, and nobody's, nobody's texting you. Yeah. Nobody. No. There's not like you know a minute fifteen, and you've already had in the first song. You've already had three different kinds of distractions. Yeah. No. This is what you're doing. Yeah. You are plugged in. Yep. And you're you're just like the mate. You know, when the, they upload a file in the Matrix, and mm -hmm. oh, I can fly a helicopter now. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, it'd be really cool yeah. to. It was. Uh, I I I miss those days. Yeah. It, it was great. Um. I've. My wife got me for this past Christmas, I want to say. No, 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 no. Maybe it was my last birthday. Um, a turntable. Mm. And so, because my dad's records, I'd had them. They'd just been sitting there, like Marvin Gaye li live at the Palladium. Mm. And I'm like, and that crinkle, that crackle, and that pop, and you just watch the record, and it's not completely... But you somehow know, it sounds not, good. It sounds just fucking amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I I miss those days. Yeah, man. Put on some headphones and or, you know, just play it loud. Yeah. Like, it's really weird. Like you're not I mean, I don't know, like I, sometimes there's chatter out there in the world these days, uh, especially recently, that's you know, like do we are we should we still be going to college should we be sending our because mm -hmm. you can be fine without it mm -hmm. which i don't know if that's right or not but yeah let's say that uh at casa grimes in two years you'll mm -hmm. be your first well, you guys believe that they should give it a shot and yeah. so you'll be sending your first off mm -hmm. and it's like there's no um I mean, it, it provides you a little bit more room in the car to get to where you're going to, but there's no system. Yeah. There's no collection. Mm -hmm. It's all just right here. Yeah. And, you know, the this is folded up and just put it in your pocket. And, yeah. Or if it's, if they're the pods or they yeah. have their own little case. And mm -hmm. it's, I mean, at, at least it's, at least it's still viable for, for them to go down the rabbit hole or yeah. to, to have favorites and have music be part yeah. of their lives. But, it, I mean, it'll never be – I don't think it'll ever be like it was. I don't think it can be. Right. Right? Uh, you know, just like, you know, I'm sure my dad also, like in, co in college, probably poured over records maybe the same way I used to. Um just the new stuff when it was the new stuff for them. Yeah. And so, you know, I think now that we consume it a little bit differently and our kids probably will consume it a little bit differently right. 10, 15, 20 years from now. Um, but like you said, you just, you're going to go down that route. Yeah. You're going to find what speaks to you, what yep. moves you. Uh, did you ever, did you ever get into uh DJ shadow? No, I don't think so. Um, I can't really give any uh, biographical details about him, but near the end of college for me uh, was when he first came onto my radar, and he had uh, a record called End, like the end of the book, Introducing. Mm 
mm-hmm. and he had another one too. The and and he, I mean, he put out more since then, but those were the first two, and they were like, like just so incredibly sick, mm-hmm. and like nothing, you know. You definitely they wouldn't. I don't know. It doesn't feel like they would be in the same room at the record store as Stakes is High and, yeah. and Low in Theory because they're. Um, but you know, a couple of years went by and I was out of school and I, I came across uh, an article about him and you know I was kind of just thumbing through it and I got to this picture and he's in this room that's like bigger than this room I think and it is literally floor to ceiling, wall to wall, mm-hmm. organized vinyl. And I was like, oh. what the, f- what is this? Yeah. And so I went back and I started, and it was like, at the time that that was published, his collection was like 60,000 plus. And I was like, you gotta be, you have to clone yourself in order to be able to consume all of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, like, I mean, you, you gotta be in a certain kind of situation, I suppose, where you have, space for that and funds to acquire but yeah super cool yeah absolutely i mean especially if you're a person that's going to pour over it searching for a little tiny thing Mm -hmm. that'll be this part of this big song yeah it's part of a record i mean 60 get it good gravy that's so much yeah that's so much um i think we man it's really weird if the three of these now and i i, I prepare notes and then i yeah. like you know at five fifteen, i started getting like super anxious yeah i i just i just do i don't yeah. like like something's not like i'm gonna lose video okay. or didn't hit record and we this whole thing is lost <laughs> um but but it's i keep preparing these notes and then for the most part like the conversation just, cover, just covers goes. them yeah it kind of covers all the little things that i want to bring up and it's it, it makes it it lends the illusion at least that the conversation has been quality yeah and no, i've enjoyed it i have too so, absolutely uh many thanks no, um, thanks for having me i'm i'm really glad you asked this was fun i'm really glad you said yes yeah i've been looking forward to this i told my kids and my wife i was like no i'm i'm going to i've been invited to talk about you know, music on a podcast, and they're like, my youngest one is specifically was like, you're gonna be on a podcast, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Was, he has two subscribers and eleven <laughs> views, you know, whatever. So don't but, don't worry, you're not no, gonna see him on TikTok. I, anything. I think they're. I mean, they're. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm gonna watch the other two, uh, the parts that I haven't cool. gotten to because I've I've really enjoyed. Thanks. Both of those episodes so far. Well, I. I mean, I if I've never communicated it before, I I hold your opinion in high regard. Oh, so that's I, well, that's thank a, you. That that's means a, a lot. It's a big compliment. Yeah, that that means a lot. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, man. But uh, we should get you out of here, home to the yeah, wife, and gonna... get some food in your stomach. Maybe if it's not too late. Yeah, I'll probably well, I'll probably egg something on the way. En route. Uh, okay. Yeah, on the way home. And all right, man. Well, yeah. thank you. I appreciate it, all man. Right. We'll Take talk care. To you.